All right, hello and welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing One Ring today, possibly for the last time, for a little while anyway. This could be the finale, probably the second to last is what we're at, what we're thinking. But it's always possible, it's always possible. Uh, but uh, everyone's nervous uh, on our side uh, because uh, they all think they're going to die. And it's because I've been telling them for the past couple of weeks that they're all going to die. So it's kind of my fault, but that's all right. That's all right. Uh, but we are We've on episode 70. It's crazy. We've been playing this for for almost two years. Episode 70. Av like, man, we've got like 200 hours of play in this. It's insane. I guess they're thinking about that. 200, 200 hours of this. Uh, absolutely insane. But uh, it it might come to an end tonight, but I'm pretty sure we've got one more after this. Uh, so, but uh, it's going to be a very dangerous night as you all are decided to march uh, straight up to the gates of Karn Doom. Someone's going to give an Aragorn speech. And uh, then you're going to wait for Frodo to throw the ring into like a icy lake somewhere. And then you're going to remember that that's not going to happen. And then you're going to get uh, <laughs> surrounded and slaughtered by all the denizens of Angmar. The end. That really was, does have a ring. Not, not, not a good one. <laughs> not one that's going to help you. <laughs> not one that's going to help you here. Uh, but you do have a ring. That's true. That is very fair. Uh, all right. Let, let's do... Um, Let's go ahead and do some intros. What I would like you to do as, as, as we're going around, uh, this is this is this is sort of the end. We're not we're not the it's not necessarily a role playing mode, but I'm just kind of curious. What is your character thinking after everything that's kind of gone down? How where you're at now? Like how are you feeling? You're getting you're literally getting ready to go march on Karn Doom, which seems almost like a it's just like a like a hopeless mission to a degree. So what is what is your character thinking? How are they feeling? That kind of thing. So we'll start as we always do with Floyd. Uh, so long. Tell us about Floyd. Yes, Floyd, the treasure hunting dwarf. It's feeling reminiscent. He's reminiscent about how the fires of Doom he last saw lit from far away. And now they're a bit lot closer. He's really feeling like he's there now. It's been a long time, long journey. The aching in his side is still there. And you think he's ready to get it over with. Okay. Very, very nice. That's true. You guys have actually seen the Forge Fires of Karn Doom before. And uh, and now you might even get an even closer view of them uh, by the end of today's session, I would imagine. And you can kind of see what those are about. But uh, you've seen little hints of the lights in the sky and all that kind of stuff. So uh, excellent answer. Excellent answer. Uh, Gilly. Ashley, tell us about Gilly. Where's she at? Uh, Gilly Kettlegrass is our Bree Hobbit scholar. Um, and she's feeling overwhelmed, naturally, and kind of baffled about how everything eventually led to this because she was just a, a Bree Hobbit. She originally just started out uh, researching and then met and joined this fellowship and suddenly became part of something much, much greater than just herself. And so she's she's terrified, but she's very hopeful in her faith uh, of everyone around her uh, and their capabilities. And she's she's. She's ready to face this fight, but she's she's terrified she won't return. Yeah, uh, I like that there's fear because uh, I do think this has got to be extremely terrifying 
Like oh, if you think yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like this has to be, especially for Gilly, like yeah. Gilly's, like you said, scholar, not necessarily a trained warrior, although I don't know if we did some stats, like Gilly's got a lot of kills. She's got a yeah, lot of kills, she does. but like, yeah, Gilly's a scholar, but like humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming off of Kelikdor and witnessing um, mm. the shadow kind of show up and overbear on Daggett a little bit uh, and fearful of her nightmare of her friends dying. Uh, so she's kind of coming yeah. right off of that that terror. Funny story, though, is that uh, none of what happened with Daggett had anything to do with me or Block Vong. It was just Steven's like, hey, just uh, just roll with this, OK? I, I just can't take it anymore with these people. And I'm like, okay, no problem. You're not supposed uh, to, you can't publicly (laughs) discuss our DMs. Okay, that's a breach of trust. (laughs) Only like the week after I can, the week after I can. Just DM Uh, DMs. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Next up, Melissa, tell us about Aurinial and what she is thinking and feeling in this moment. So I would say that Aurinial is kind of off to the side and she is, um, kind of doing her kind of battle braids, kind of getting herself like kind of ready to go. And she is kind of observing um, the connections that everyone else has. So, you know, within the group and throughout our travels, um, you know, we've spent time with Gilly's family and we've spent time with Floyd's family and, Daggett has his brother here during this. And even among rangers, you know, she was sort of raised with a particular sensibility about the solitary nature of kind of the work of rangers. And even seeing Tara um, making connections, you know, kind of within a, 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 a kind of set up bit of civilization and, you know, kind of finding a, a bit of connection. Um, she envisions herself a bit like Maribem in the sense that she very much thinks that she's going to her death and is almost grateful that she has been a little bit more solitary. Uh, very, very interesting. Um, with Maribem though, like Maribem also had Talendil too. You know, so like, like she always, she's like, she was talented towards the end. So I kind of, I kind of wonder, um, is, I know you, you sort of touched on your brother, the last fellowship phase. So mm-hmm. like, if, do you envision him as sort of following in Arineal's footsteps in terms of like what she's doing here? Or do you see him rather going and finding a different life and doing something else? Like, like, I know you're like, if you, if you had, if Arineal had her way, like where would her brother kind of go off into? I, I would say that she she values the the heroism in what they're doing. And so she would want that for him and sort of like in, in the kind of letter home that she had written previously that, you know, she does want to encourage him to to find others and kind of go against, you know, sort of this sort of very solitary life that they were sort of raised to expect that they should have in their future. Um, it, I mean, there there is definitely... Um, jealousy and sadness in kind of amongst what she's feeling at the moment as well. Okay. Uh, let's move on over to our captain though. Is he still the captain after last week? I don't know, but 
Stephen, it requires a formal vote to veto. So, you know, we haven't <laughs> we gotten haven't through had the that vote technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daggett is a dwarven captain, and right now he is shaken. He went to Angmar feeling strong. He didn't have as strong a sense of purpose as his companions, but he wanted to stick with them the entire time. And now his purpose has been undermined because he was sort of controlled by the shadow to attack them. Uh, his attacks were diverted towards them. How about that? Uh, he ended up being the cause of harm to them. And now, because of that, he got rid of his axe as well. So he's feeling weaker than he was before and uh, less determined. He, he's just kind of a little aimless right now, which is not where you want to be when you're heading towards Doom. That's fair. And I know that you offered block fong to to snag it and then he just kind of left it there and one of the dwarves kind of took it up is, is, is so so like how are you feeling not how like you've had an extremely powerful weapon for this whole time for like for a while now right so do you feel at all like kind of a like do you feel weaker does like do you ever do you feel like you're i think like so yeah yeah um in one way it's like uh He's went back to Old Faithful. He used a Matic when we were first introduced to him. It's the weapon mm -hmm. that he first learned how to fight with. So he feels comfort with that, but it's mm -hmm. definitely not as strong. That is fair. Uh, and then finally, we've got Terraneth. How's Terraneth feeling there, Maitre? Uh, Terra is our uh, warden, also a ranger of the north. Um, She's uh, she's feeling kind of uh, resigned, but in a uh, in in quite a Zen way, because uh, she she's a soldier. This was always supposed to be how things went she was always supposed to fight the shadow and it was always supposed to throw down a gauntlet that she was going to try to rise and meet and she now is doing that and she might die on the battlefield on the battlefield protecting people she loves but that's not a tragedy. That's what she was always supposed to do. Yeah, in many ways, you're like fulfilling the destiny in some way. I think back, remember when we were doing the like sort of the nightmare visions of the bad things that could potentially happen and how Terra, like Terra's even in that, like you still had that battle warrior mentality, right? Even though it kind of went bad, yeah. but that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. You've kind of stayed Not the course. Yet. <laughs> but, but you have but seen somebody else go back. A whole several <laughs> hours to go, Jeff. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I put up a poll in the Twitch chat. I wanted to see who the lone survivor of the fellowship is going to be. I'm kind of curious who. Like, vote for this. Oh, it's in terms definitely of, Gilly. Like, is it going to be like who you want to win? Who you want to? to who's going to? Who you think might be? I don't know. Use use whatever metrics you want. But I'm kind of curious. I am going to vote for Floyd because 
he seems to constantly survive every time I try to kill him. <laughs> it's really freaking annoying. Uh, Gilly is turned into a secret Navy SEAL with all these stealth <laughs> kills, so I'm going to vote for Gilly. <laughs> Have you tried not killing me to kill me? <laughs> that's that's a good point. Last last week, I tried not to kill you, and Daggett nearly did. So that seems like the strategy to take. Okay, y'all. Are we ready to go? Let's do it. Oh, so I'm ready. You okay? So let's quick summary, and then we will go live. So... Last time around, you're at the uppermost level of Kelikdor, the watchtower that protects the main route to Karn Doom. You found yourselves fighting not only what we've deemed a watcher wraith or a wraith of, of, of some ability to spy, uh, but you also kind of had to fend off a, a very confused or very distracted or controlled Daggett at the same time. He he tried to attack the mirror and then the wraith and each one of his slashes, as we've been alluded to, uh, alluding to with Black Fang, uh, seemed to miss and it was directed to one of his allies. In the chaos, the wraith managed to isolate Gilly, which was a little terrifying for a moment, but Arineal and Terranith did, were able to kind of come to her aid. The battle got very fierce, very hectic at times, uh, but in the end, the wraith did fall and you did get some some last bits of torment though as a few of you got some visions of a fairly terrible future and your shadow kind of increased here and there uh now the party eventually did return to the staging ground uh you found it overrun with enemies in fact uh, but in a throwback to very early sessions thorvindivi left these little torn uh pieces of yellow cloth as signals for you to follow and find where the rest of your allies had moved to. And when you found them, you discovered that they all had also suffered uh, in their most recent tasks. The most uh, extreme of this was Lady Aracel's group. Uh, she described how Vinyator, uh, a ranger, friend to Terra, uh, who uh, sacrificed himself effectively uh, to allow the rangers and the Dunland Dwarves to escape uh, these cold drake whelps, these ursine riders, uh, when they were at the ruins of Dolgoeth. Uh, you also learn near Moramin Taras, uh, the, the Hillfolk castle, so to speak. The Tharbad Wardens and the Oathbreaker Dwarves uh, were caught in a battle, actually, between orcs and Hillfolk as they were trying to do this, to sort of sow discord, and they kind of got caught between them. Uh, Tharnow, of all people, was terribly injured, but he was carried to safety and cared for by Titus, and looks, at least from these wounds, to be able to survive them. The elves... Meanwhile, they discovered that the enemy had accessed an ancient dwarven mine built into the mountains of Angmar, and they were salvaging stone and metals uh, for the rebuilding of their fortress at Karn Doom. Now, Rollin, one of the Oathbreaker dwarves, dwarves and friend to Daggett, spoke of an old dwarven bloodline who broke away from the dwarves that we know, Khazad Doom, Blue and Iron Mountains, etc. Uh, stories told of a, a hidden city at the edge of the world called Zalak Doom. Uh, and it was more of a fairy tale than, in fact, it was history. Now, the elves noted how no one really knew exactly when or how the Witch King built the foundations of Angmar prior to the war with Angmar, nor who built the fortress of Karn Doom. But perhaps between some of this information that was coming out, the theory maybe working amongst some of your peers was that these betrayer dwarves, this lineage of betrayers, uh, somehow had a hand in its construction. Now, after arresting uh, the leaders of your various factions, you joined together and you decided that once and for all, you're going to march on Karn Doom 
and you were going to stop Angmar's awakening before it was too late. And so we are going to pick up right, uh, right there. We are inside, we'll say, your cavern still. You are resting. Uh, we'll say that this is shortly after you've all made a decision to march. Uh, I think the decision Floy and some of the others had decided was to try to take the paths that the elves saw some of the trolls taking. Instead of going across the tundra that you saw that you spied from Kelek Dor, you were going to try to come around from sort of an eastern an eastern route coming down or through the mountains where the trolls that were in Zerak Doom, in that, that mine, were dragging large chunks of stone and metal uh, back to the main fortress. So I think that was the decision that Floy and some of the others had come to. Uh, but I'm going to turn it over to you all. A uh, couple things in terms of bookkeeping. How much rest do you want to take? I know some of you are wounded. So how many days do you want to rest? And then... If there's any remaining scenes that you wanted to do here, and then how are you going to take 40 plus people up into the mountains towards the mines and approach Karn Doom? We've joked about you guys aren't going to go knock on the front door. You are going to go knock on the front door. So I would love to turn it over to you. You can talk about this in character. You can talk about this out of character. I don't care which, but I'll turn it over to you and I'll stop talking now. Get a quick figure out how much days everyone has on their injury, maybe endurance as well. A good idea. How's everyone looking? Irinio, I think you were probably the worst off, right? How are, you, how are your wounds looking? Uh, I am. I'm back up with endurance, um, but I still have eight days left on my wounds, so I, I don't okay. know that I will be. Uh, it would be wise for us to wait that long for us to move on. How about others? I have a five day wound left. Mine's at two. And if you're that high, I'd say we just march in. Gilly, Daddy, uh, you are both well. I'm full health, yes. How long do we expect the march to take to Karndoom? Oh, so it depends. Question. It depends on your route. If you're going specifically through the mountains, like if you're going up into the mountains where the mines are for Zarakdoom, and then you're going to try to approach that's a that's a it's a harder path because it's going to be some actual mountain climbing. Uh, but it's still, I would say, somewhere in the neighborhood of two to four days. Uh, what so is two, the two other the option to get there, if not uh, directly through the mountains? The two main options, uh, if you guys are on the area door map, the two main options that you've effectively discovered are to, are to approach from Zeraktum, uh, where I'm pinging right here, which is sort of like an easternly from the mountains, or to approach from Kelakdur which is to approach suddenly across that, that flat tundra. Uh, so those are really the only, you, you, only approaches you've, you've scouted. You don't have any real idea what's off to the west that isn't uh, any kind of scouting that you've done. And you do know that Karn Doom as a fortress itself is kind of in a, in a nook within the mountains itself. So no matter what, you're either coming at it from the south or you're coming at it from the eastern mountains. So my instinct is Kalakdor because we were just there and uh, we don't actually know. We we don't have insight on Zargdor the way we do for Kalakdor. So it's sort of a the enemy you know kind of thing. Yeah. Gilly's only issue with that though is it's a tundra leading up. So they're going to know we're approaching uh, as soon as we're within eyesight, maybe even further. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess I wasn't expecting to just be able to sell things regardless. <laughs> and didn't we, didn't one of our ally groups go to Zarek Doom? So they do know the way there. Yes. Oh, so, do they? Um, yes, my mistake. The elves. Yeah. The elves. The the, re- the whole reason you know that it's it is a mine is because you sent both your Rivendell elf friends, so Elro here and Eladin, and also some of your elf friends from from Forlorn, so Amdurin, for instance. Like they went together and scouted out, and they discovered that there was a a mine, but not a mine like just some random human mine in a in a in a in a, in a hillside, but a dwarf mine, like something that is more city than it is is mine and that's kind of where this this thread uh has kind of come from so they know how to get there they know some of it sure so you like you don't necessarily have to do this uh grandiose scouting i would say they don't probably know the path from zarek doom to karn doom like like that last route but they know how to get to the mines themselves it's a dwarven mine up there and we have a handful of dwarves it's it's quite the match I, I I can't disagree with that. I I I don't believe our enemy is foolish enough to believe that we will go back to Kelador, but I do believe that most of the focus will be in that vicinity. Then we make preparations. We'll march the mountains. So we go through Zaratum. I do believe that's our path takes us back under the mountain. We expect that it will be about three days, two earliest, four latest. Perhaps we rest two more days before leaving, and then Terraneth will at least feel a little better by the time we reach Karndoom. People are comfortable with that. I we can do that. Unless you believe it'd be better just to go now and not tarry. Or send uh, everybody ahead, and we'll take up the rear after having rested here another two days or whatever. But if we're traveling with the big posse, maybe they can go ahead rather than like us slowing everybody down. It would. It might be wise to gather additional surveillance. Ways in, ways to split us up and split our entrance in. I can see the wisdom in sending groups ahead to scout. But we've sent them already, and they've returned with all this info. We don't have many. I agree with Floyd. Keeping our strength together would be easy to pick us off if we are separated. Mm-hmm. Do we wait two days, then? It's two days for endurance, or what is that for? It's for my uh, if if I have a five day wound and we wait for two days and travel is three, then by then we get there. I'll be unwounded, and you will be unwounded by the time we leave here. Okay, that sounds so good, actually, for you and me. So we'll take two days to gather our strength. Good and idea, we all travel together through Zarek Doom. Indeed. Agreed. Sounds good. 
Okay. So I will take two wounds off my thing or two days off my thing. So we'll assume that the plan is is doled out. Everyone is is briefed effectively. Uh, There are, are not many people who are going to argue against getting some rest as it's not just yourselves who had a difficult recent task as things have grown more complicated and more difficult and the enemy more on guard as they have discovered that you are there is someone amongst Angar right and you also had time within Killikdor to realize that they kind of knew you were here and they discovered your staging ground so so your your allies themselves are, are probably resting as well it's not necessarily going to mean everyone's at full strength no one's probably at full strength anymore in, in any particular way mechanically or otherwise but we'll say two days pass uh, and in that time, you are able to stay out of sight of your enemy. You uh, you probably trade off a variety of, uh, of sentries. You're inside the mountains. So like currently you have found yourselves these dark, circuitous, cold caves. And you have sent some folks out in, in different shifts, be it the elves, be it the rangers, to keep an eye out and to ensure that no enemies get closer. You are, however, uh, given reports that there have been multiple times in the two days, in the 48 hours in which you have been trying to recuperate here, uh, where there have been sightings. Uh, At one point, there was a group of of orcs, uh, a fairly large contingent of orcs uh, that were escorting it seems some of these uh some of these animals these beasts that you saw at dol Gueth, even though there was some sort of sabotage and scouting that was actually done there it does seem as though some of the animals have survived and you have seen that looks like younger packs of white wolves wargs and such are being kind of escorted uh along to, off to the west uh presumably to karn doom itself uh, at another time uh, there was an incident in where there were a handful of goblins uh, that when you speak with some of the, the folks from Tharbad uh, that uh, they recognize as likely having come from uh, from Mount Grom, but their numbers are very, very thin. There's not that many. In fact, they don't seem to have any real leadership to them. And there's there were sites of, of kind of squabbling here and there. Uh, and so you are seeing that there is some sort of consolidation uh, as, or perhaps whoever is, is sort of in Karn Doom is kind of calling to banners or whatever it might be. But none, uh, none of them discover you. Uh, so you're able to, to rest in those 48 hours without any, uh, any interruption. Uh, after that time, uh, you can see that the rangers have begun to grow a bit anxious. The elves have have probably done the majority of the scouting. Uh, they seem to, to not suffer as much as others uh, when it comes to the need for rest or when it comes to the, the, the environment itself. But even they are starting to grow concerned. And the sights of these different groups kind of beginning to shift across Angmar, presumably up to Karndoom, has them raring to go at this point. And so one morning, two days later, small rations are handed out. You're running low on these as well. Very little game within the area to, to, to sort of hunt. 
can see some of the dwarves and such have have scrounged what little or what meager offerings the caves have to to supply. And everyone looks to you all as the company mounts up, so to speak, and begins to traverse. Now, uh, I know that we are a group of close to 50 at this point. There have been a few losses, so I don't I don't know if we're exactly at 50 anymore, but we are close to 50. Uh, they th- I still think there would be there would definitely be some deference to you all, even though folks like Elro here and Eladin, Lady Arisol, they also are seen as, as fairly high-ranking leaders of this troop. But they turn to you. So do any of you take the lead on kind of pushing forward? So imagine like a column or small patches of groups. Like who kind of leads and, and goes out in front? What does that look like? Reniel would... Uh, kind of go over toward Lady Aerosol and she would uh, just, you know, having lost Vineyarder during um, kind of some of the recent uh, kind of traveling around and, and whatnot and say, we have left a lot of the scouting to the elves. I do believe it is our turn to lead the way, perhaps. So Lady Aracel, again, she she hasn't shown signs of really being emotionally affected uh, by the loss of Vinyatur, like at least, but you can tell that there is a grim countenance to her in a way that she probably hasn't had before, but she has warmed to both you and to Tara. Uh, over the time, and when you're when you first met her, you, I mean, there there was a question of how dedicated she was uh, to these northern rangers. She decided she was pushing to to leave Ariador uh, and and sort of venture down towards Gondor. But she turns to you, and she says, um, "Scouting for it is a young woman's." Profession. We will defer to you. All of them. Look at them, Arrhenil. Everyone. The rangers. The wardens from Tharbad. Even the dwarves. In their own way. They look to you. They look to Terra. They look even to your hobbit friend. They look to you all because you have been... The anchor for this endeavor. It is only right then that one of you lead us forward, which is not to say discount the council, the elves of Rivendell and Forlond, whose eyes have been set upon these mines that we now travel towards. However, sometimes the sight of strength at the head of a column is needed in order for that column to hold firm. And so she just kind of like starts to recede back a little bit, like almost like she's trying to encourage you and Tara and some of the others to kind of just take the lead here as you all are kind of beginning to emerge out of the caves now, eyes kind of adjusting as it's been blackness uh, for the last couple of days. And she kind of turns to you. Tara will go up to Reniel 
and uh, put a hand on her shoulder, having overheard Lady Arzal, uh, and, uh what she just said, and uh, says kind of quietly, um, I'm not very good at this, but uh, if if I was to have a sister, I would hope she would be like you. And I think if anyone should lead the charge in the beginning, it should be you. Not because of what you can do, but because of who you are. You are conscientious and you are integral in ways that I do not even have the words for. And I am going to use my uh, fellowship focus with Arneal to spend that hope point and uh, give her extra dice. <laughs> I don't okay. know what she's rolling. Uh, so you're going to be rolling uh, an explore test. And normally the, I think what you're doing would give, I think that makes it favored, but I'll say, Arineal, take a, a bonus die, uh, we'll say, and give us an explore test as you kind of get out into the front. You you hear the, the voice of, of Terra kind of encouraging you. You have been debriefed by Elrohir and Elidin and Andrim about what they saw along the ridge line. You are not taking the exact route that they took, obviously, because you're coming from a different place. You're venturing up into the mountains. And and then a lot of this is you all trying to go up and bypass some of the dangers that might be in the jagged plains of Angmar itself. So give us an explore test and take that bonus from Terra. Before we do depart, though, uh, Gilly joins Tara and Arenial at the front of the group and she's kind of got Titus along behind her and she kind of coughs and uh kind of looks up to at Titus like uh, could I get uh height please uh, uh, uh yes yes Miss Kedaris and he, he like gets down and then when he's not down enough because he's extraordinarily big he gets down even further <laughs> yeah. and then he looks at you and it's still not enough and he, <laughs> he towards his like yes. Miss I think I think my back is going to snap please oh god and she scrambles up and she's kind of like sitting like on his bicep kind of thing mm-hmm. and he's uh, like a troll into himself with his size as he kind of suddenly he's the tallest person yeah. in the group that you know, maybe one of the elves, but other than that, he is, he's the tallest person in the group easily. Yeah. And Gilly kind of turns to like face the masses of everybody that we have. And, <clears throat> oh God. And she's, you can tell she's nervous because her voice starts off kind of reedy. And she pulls out her journal because she's like, so we wrote some words down, but I don't know if this is, and she's nervous, but she's just like, Friends, we're about to face our most arduous challenge yet. We shall continue our march through the wastes of Angmar and onto the fortress of Karn Dune. We have witnessed fires being lit and darkness growing and festering while left unchecked. We are here to douse those flames. We are here to spread hope where it has been forgotten 
And we are here to lay evil to rest once more, together. Separately, we're strong, with the men of Tharbad who are vigilant and eager, the noble rangers of the north who are steadfast and true, and she points, our elven friends from Forland, keen-eyed and swift, the elves of Rivendell are fierce and true of heart, with the Dunlin dwarves who are tough and bold, and our oathbreaker friends, dare I say, oath makers, are stealthy and rebellious. Together, we are something new, a fellowship of men, elves, dwarves, and a hobbit, tested and trued by the trials of Ingmar. Remember, we are here to douse those flames. We are here to spread hope where it has been forgotten, and we are here to lay evil to rest once more. For all kind, for our fellowship. There are muted cries as everyone is kind of, everyone's cheering, but at the same time, like they're being, knowing that they're supposed to be mm-hmm. quiet, but you can see smiles. You can see like faces, postures are beginning to stand a little bit taller. You can even feel Titus and like you're kind of growing in height as the speech goes on, <laughs> as he seems to be some, some of that, that, that sort of weariness is started to, uh, to undo a bit. And by the end, you can see that everyone is staring up at you. Whereas at the beginning, maybe like a few were busy, like getting packs ready or this or that and, and not paying full attention. But one after the other, you can see each of the groups kind of cheers and smiles. You can see a few, a few have like, you know, little tears in their eyes as well. Everyone go ahead, uh, take a point of hope back. Uh, if you, if you need to, as Actually, that was amazing. <laughs> I feel that is certainly a hope worthy speech. Well done, Ashley. So, you do that later when I use my hope. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you speak later when I actually use my hope. Just have like a buffer. You write hope. it down. We can read He's it again. He's so hopeful, Floyd. That's why I think Floyd's so really... hopeful. He's like, I uh, he can't even kill me when I don't use my hope. Like, imagine if uh, I used my hope. Um, at a certain point, will you know Titus will take you down and he'll like kind of ruffle your head a little bit and then oh, and he'll feel like kind of bad for doing it. Uh, but then he'll. He'll try to smooth your hair yeah. out at the same time. <laughs> and then he'll like take the hood of their cloak and put it over. And he's just at a certain point has no idea what he's doing. And he just gets very flustered and walks away. Uh, Tara gives you the biggest hug you've ever got from from her. And, and she hugs you for a bit. But, but yeah. she gives you this tight, fierce hug. And, and Gilly does give each of you in the fellowship a hug as well and just reinforce. I believe in you all and I believe in your capabilities and your strengths and what you're able to do. Floyd, Daggett, you guys hit harder than anyone I've ever seen before. And I believe that when pointed at the right direction, we all can do wonderful, great things that the world needs. You're not Thank getting you, Gilly. You're just getting the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's just <laughs> she's just on her soapbox. Okay. You're the smallest of us, but you have the biggest heart. Thank you, Floyd. All right. When Gilly so, comes over to Arineal, um, Arineal will kind of give her a hug back and, and whisper in her ear, Hope, hope, hope a mountain. Together we stand. Unite. All right. I need that that explore testerineal as you all set out on your journey upward into the mountains and across 
trying to find the route that these trolls took between Zar- uh, Zedek and Karndoom. Uh, so, uh, 28 over 16 with one extra six. Okay. The You manage, perhaps it's providence, perhaps it's just confidence birthed from, from Gilly's speech and the sudden warmth that you find yourselves in. But you're able to find a route uh, in the otherwise jagged and unwelcoming mountains of Angmar. You're able to journey relatively quickly uh, upwards the sl- up the slopes a bit off to the east you can actually see at one point when the the mist is a little bit lower and the the light from the the light from the west is kind of coming in you can almost see the plateau where Othringol, uh sits and it's uh, at this point ruined uh, ruined state and you're able to venture over the course of about a day day and a half uh I will say that you you spend the night, and you said you got a twenty eight with one success with an extra success. Correct. You hear and see no signs of the cold Drake uh, that you all had contended with, uh, that had been kind of hunting and haunting you a bit around Arthurin Gold. Does not seem to be here. You don't hear it overhead. You don't hear any sounds of crunching uh, of rock or ice. Uh, a few times you do see someone from your group spots movement below you and they point out what looks like orcs on the backs of wargs, these northern white wargs that almost blend into the, the landscape themselves, but the orcs stand out. They never quite see you. You have gotten higher than them, and so you do have the high ground, not inconsiderably so, but even still, you kind of flatten down the the order kind of gets passed along and you quiet and you quiet and after about a day and a half nearly two days you get to the edges of this uh this very high cliff uh and looking down uh you you're watching we'll say the five of you are near this cliff looking down and the elves uh, that had scouted here before come up behind you and off to the side and you know that they can probably see with slightly better eyes, but Gilly, you might give them a run for your their money. As far below, uh, probably about, we'll say, 300 yards, you can see that there are, there are they look, from this distance, they look just like normal, small you know, folk moving about. But you can tell with how, the size of them that you know that they could be trolls, groups of trolls moving about. Uh, Floy and Daggett, you recognize what looks like columns uh, that have been deconstructed, but you can see the base, the foundations where they were like drilled into the into the the, the mountain floor. You can even see where likely the stone had been planed to create kind of a flat surface and what looked like the edges of steps uh, that go up and into a cave opening. From a distance, you can tell if you have. Um, you know, if you if you concentrate enough, you can see that the cave itself is not some rocky, toothy opening, but in fact a very large and refined entranceway, not unlike those you might see uh, in some of your some of your kin's uh, minds. However, it is very busy. There are ample amounts of folks that seem to be working. You can see that a ridge and this cliff continues at a very high angle, like 300 yards around, but a renewal with your explorer test, you can also see that there is like a, 
like a mountain path, almost like a, like a Ram's path. It's very narrow. It's very treacherous. It would also likely mean that your entire company would be moving in a single file. We'd be moving around up and over Zarek Doom and kind of weep and sort of slipping around to the north, uh, right on the edge of where the Forad Waith, the northern waste kind of extend and then coming onto the western side. Uh, alternatively, you do see a path leading down where you could risk potentially getting to the level uh, that some of these workers are at and trying to stealth past. Uh, at one of the lower, uh, the lower levels, lower tiers of the foothills. So those are kind of the two paths you have to move around this mine. So Arrhenia will kind of go back to the group. We go up, single file, exposed, but no enemies directly in our path, or we go down. Is quite the busier path. It will be exposed either way. I prefer not to fight with no space to move. We have archers. If we have the high ground, we won't stand a chance. Fair point. Gilly, Terra? I'm of the mind that we should move as fast as we can and the upper road will do that. I do worry about such a large contingent trying to sneak past if we took the low road. High road it is. Okay. I want all of you to roll an athletics test for yourselves, and then we're going to do something else for your allies in a sec. So let's do athletics, and let me know how you do. I will spend a hope on that for a magic success. Nice. Well done, well done, Daggett. The mountain, although it's it's not the one that you are familiar with, it's not the range, the blue mountains itself, it is nonetheless a mountain, and the mountain does not as far as you can tell, feel evil. It is just happens to be here and a dwarf can find comfort in it. And you, without much difficulty, are able to, to sort of traverse that small, narrow mountain path. Uh, even your brother is kind of coming along with you. He's like speaking from time to time to like Floyd and Gilly. And he's just like, you know, we met on a, a similar path once a while back. Let's hope the road stays together, unlike that one. And he kind of like hustles up, and so like he can <laughs> kind of follow Daggett as he goes past. How'd the rest of you do? Uh, success with the Gandhi. Success with the Gandhi. Tara. I succeeded uh, with Sauron's help. Did you now? Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Gilly, how'd you do? Great success. Excellent. Uh, Arineal, how did you do? Uh, 16 over 13 with one extra six. All right. So it sounds like we got a couple bonus successes. I want everyone now to give me a roll of a D12 and let me know what you roll. Uh, obviously an 11 is a Sauron, a 12 is a Gandalf, and one to 10 is just a number. Gandhi. Five. Five. Eight. All right. Okay. 
All right, and a Gandhi. All right, you're traveling across. You can see as you look back, those of you, some of you are probably, we probably interspersed yourselves, some of you in the front, some of you in the middle, some of you in the back, uh, keeping watch, keeping sight of everything. And there is one moment and only one moment of concern. And it happens towards the last, uh, sort of the last grouping where you see the Dunlin Dwarves uh, as they're traveling across Thorvum, Thebe, and some of the other crafters that they brought with them. You can see that a crumbling of rock begins. And at one point, Thebe nearly falls. Thorvum is able to quickly fall down and grab her. And we'll say that, Floy, you're probably nearby. And it was maybe your your steps that kind of kind of triggered some of this avalanche and this small little avalanche as you come rushing back and you can see the earth just begins to collapse and collapse and collapse. You're able to fetch Phoebe. Uh, you're able to get her back up. No one actually falls and actually dies, but this does kind of create a cascade where a significant chunks of rock and ice begin to fall and you can see it collapse onto the ground. Not only that onto the steps that lead into the entranceway of the mine itself. It causes a bit of bit of concern, and you can see that some of those those shadows below, which you know are trolls and orcs and such that are, are moving about some quite large, begin to stare up in your directions with some concern. You can tell that you can't tell from here whether or not they are actually they actually see you or not. You are you are again a couple hundred yards up. But definitely you can tell that they have sent someone sort of signals out and there's a small group of, or, of of what you think are orcs that are kind of venturing southward and it looks like they're looking for this switchback path that kind of starts to zigzag uh, up the eastern portion of this little horseshoe within which those the, the mine is in. And so they're coming to inspect. You are able to get away. That's not an issue. Phoebe hasn't fallen, but you do think it's possible that they might have been able to notice you. That is the the complication that you've gotten because of that Sauron roll. All right. Uh, Arinio, give me another explore test. Eek. Okay. Okay, so uh, that is a success with two extra sixes. Okay. So the next, I would say, not quite a full day, probably a half day's travel. Again, you find, again, Providence on your side. You find another relatively modest, comfortable path. And by that, it's all relative because these, these rocks, these peaks are extraordinarily jagged. The, the weather kind of holds as well. Uh, mist, fog kind of covers, but you never really get pelted too much. A few times the elves remark as they kind of climb a little higher up and look out and scout ahead, use their eyesight. Some of them remark on the forward wave as they can almost climb up and peer through little peaks and valleys and at this like northern waste. But you never really have any trouble uh, the way that you had above the mine. At a certain point, though, after about a half day's travel, you rise above a ridge and you look out and you can see that there is a glow in front of you. It is this kind of blue green, sea green color. You can see that there are these dark black 
pillows of smoke that seem to be wafting up into the air, like these heavy, heavy plumes uh, kind of funneling up into the sky. Uh, And you realize that you have reached the mountains uh, above Karndoom. Now, you are a ways above. However, when you look out uh, from like this side of a slope, you do see, because of the glow of the the forge fires below, you you are able to kind of pick out elements of the ruined fortress below you it's not clear but it is nonetheless like something that you can you can kind of start with you you do see behind that smoke there is a very large spire that seems to be relatively centralized it looks as though the fortress itself has been built into the mountain somewhat uh either to the eastern and maybe to the northern side you think the tundra is on the southern side as well you're not quite sure what's on the western edge uh, as no one's scattered that far yet. Uh, but you can see a very tall, very severe angular tower that periodically peeks out from behind these black black plumes of smoke from the forge fires. That is not what seems to be giving off that light, but there, as you're kind of leaning down so far below, there are what you think are some other buildings that are potentially intact. Uh, I will allow anybody who wants to try to get more information than that roll a ill-favored, uh, we'll call it scan test, uh, to try to see more. As the the blackness, the smoke, the distance, all of this is creating the ill-favored. I'm so excited well, that Arineal has done well with this explorer because Arineal mm-hmm. did not start particularly good in explorer <laughs> or with, but it's one of the things that like got developed throughout the course yes. of the campaign. I feel okay. Success 18. Very nice, Floy. Uh, anybody else? I did not roll. Okay. Yeah, I didn't first scan. Okay. Floy, uh, it is, it is not an easy sight for you, obviously, uh, from this high up. You are much higher above Cardoom's location and the path downward is far more severe. It's almost a vertical drop. And when you look down, you can actually see the remnants or the buildup of ramparts. There appear to be uh, a very dark gray, almost black stone that has been built up and that almost seems to be emerging out of the mountain. And it creates these battlements that weave south westwardly and southward and then at a certain point beyond your vision as it looks like they are walls uh, you are able to notice that they are not in, they're not fully intact. They appear to have suffered some damage or they're being repaired in some way. Uh, you can see that there were likely parapets or some other kind of towers along the crenellations like uh, uh, around the fortress itself. Some of those you can see what looks like the framework for them. They're, you're getting the, the feeling that they are it is actively being rebuilt. Uh, you also, as you peer down, can see the source of where the smoke is coming from. You can see these these sort of sea green fires in a way, this illumination below. And you can see what you think is likely a very massive forge uh, that intermittently, whenever the smoke kind of ventures and dies down a bit, you can see it in its in its great totality. The There is no beauty to this place. Uh, there is impressive architecture in some way but it's very brutal in its presentation uh, everything is severe everything is dark everything is angular 
the spire, that central spire is ruined on one side, it seems, as though there is a huge swath of the stone and parts of the spire itself are actually open air. Uh, and you can, uh, I would say from where you're at, you can probably see that there is likely a, a, a third building in, in, in some sort of form. So there looks to be a very large winding, partially ruined, like central wall that seems to protect the southern side of the fortress. The mountains seem to protect the eastern and northern sides of the fortress. And then there, there's like this, this amazingly large courtyard, but there only seem to be about three buildings that are intact. The spire, the forge, and some third one that you don't know the, the purpose of. And this is all that you can really see is some of this is probably you seeing things and then making kind of calculations in your head and kind of doing the math of what you think this might be for and that might be for maybe maps or, or sketches or uh, plans that you've seen uh, from Jetty or from others that have kind of helped you in your time. But that's what you see, man. They're using this forge to build something so ugly. Yeah, but there's weakness in the walls. A point spots out. We must do what we can to disrupt that forge. Of any goals that we have here, I believe that one of them should be to ruin the forge, yes? Yes, it would stop the rebuilding. Slow them down. And we need to assassinate whoever is directing. Where would we presume that that throne room would be that we saw in the mirror? Leaders like high places, I would assume, the spire building? Um, could I do some sort of role to determine, like, where actually based off of like or maybe one of the dwarves based off of like dwarven archi architecture where would a actual like throne room be uh no role necessary i think Irenio's point is pretty accurate spot on um yeah like there's a very pronounced spire uh that seems to be nestled in the back uh, of this entire fortress uh and it is not in great condition it's not in it's not fully intact like i said a whole eastern side of it are it seems to be kind of wrenched free and it's open air at some sport, some parts. Uh, I've gone ahead and I brought you over to like a, a sort of a generic kind of map. Um, don't worry about the names. Those are just names I, I kind of came up with, but just to sort of give you an idea of what you're looking at, you guys are, we'll say far up in these jagged mountains. You could certainly try to go commando down the side of these, the mountains themselves would be very dangerous. Uh, but you can potentially try to do it. So you see that almost immediately beneath you, there's there's that's where the pillow, like that the the black smoke is kind of coming up at you. You can see a little bit northwest of that. There is like the spire itself. Uh, there, far to the west, there is a another uh, another building of some kind, uh, and this all is behind a fairly um, a fairly wide and, and impressive but broken uh, and incomplete ramparts. Um, so, so just to give you kind of an idea of what you're seeing, um, you obviously don't know the names of stuff or what they are, or what they mean, but you can kind of just to give you the visualize it if you wanted. Are the broken ramparts, the walls you're describing that were being rebuilt? Yes. yes. And like they basically extend, uh, you probably only see maybe about halfway. You probably can't see all the way to the other side of the fortress. Like the, the grounds of Karn Doom are, are, are very large. It's like, think of the size of Tharbad 
and how large it was. And this is what we're kind of talking about. It's it, 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 there's enough space in here to be a city unto itself in some ways. You can definitely tell that whatever the the powers that be that that sort of face down the the witch kings with the witch kings and armies and kind of chase them back into Angmar, whatever whatever destruction happened here in the war with Angmar, it has not been fully rebuilt, but it is in the process of being rebuilt. And so there could be support potentially for more and more to be built within this uh, this area. So this isn't like the scale or anything. This is just this sort of an abstract view to give you guys an idea. Reniel will turn to all of us gathered here. We should spread our forces here. We have much destruction to rain down upon this place. It is in the process of being rebuilt. None of the purposes benefit anyone. We must destroy and bring down everything that we see upon us. And she'll kind of look to each of the groups and she'll kind of look to the the dwarves. The only Destruction thing we can name fires. Oh, sorry, I didn't uh, speak over you. I'm so sorry, I thought you were finished. So everybody will just sort of looks to the dwarves and asks if they would be interested in destroying the forge fires. My question was related to that, actually, uh, mm -hmm. with regards to the forge fires. Um, since it's sort of visible from here, is there any um, immediately visible tactical spaces to attack, like in the forge? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I've given Floy probably more than I should have already. Um, okay. So you guys are so, you guys are extremely high up on a mountain looking over a massive fortress that is kind of covered in black smoke from the forge. So any tactical reconnaissance that you need to do is you're going to have to get closer to kind of, because you can't even really see movement down there, but you would presume that there's activity. So there's just, this is all just kind of Floyd seeing things between the smoke and the haze. Gotcha. Thank you. I feel hesitant at the thought of splitting our party. We number 40, we split in half and then it's 20 split again, 15, 10. How many does it take before we're overwhelmed? We're probably overwhelmed as is. This is like a city. We have no idea how many are there. I say we work our way down the mountain, through the broken walls. I would try to uh, reach out to some Oathbreakers and then probably Thorvum and Thievi, since Oathbreakers have a lot of uh, experience uh, collapsing roads and things like that. And then Thorvum and Thievi, you know, we know they're engineers, they built bridges. Uh, and I would just be asking them to watch closely these walls and everything like that, see if they find any points that they think that we could exploit better than others. To to a person, each one of them would with great confidence would look at you, Daggett, and whether it's your brother, whether it's Thorvum, whether it's Ralden, 
uh, whether it's DB, whoever it might be, like they'll look at you with great confidence, like you get this close, dang it, and we'll rip that place asunder, guaranteed. Well, let's get close. Okay. So you are effectively up a very high vertical cliff. Uh, and there is a significant drop all the way to the ground. Uh, you can, of course, like I said, if you wanted to try to like vertically climb down, you can. It would leave you extremely exposed at certain points. Uh, that is something you could potentially do. You could search around to try to find a path downward. You could even search around to try to find a cave system downward. Like there's, there's plenty of ways for you to to sort of search for for a moment of of ingress here. You can also try to retrace your steps and and venture southward and see if you can find the path maybe that the trolls uh, that you know were dragging the stone till. That's always an option as well. Uh, so it's just kind of a question of you guys telling me like. How do you want to get down? Is sort of where I'm at, what I'm asking. I appreciate the interest, but I do not believe that uh, jumping down that is the wisest course. Yeah, no, I definitely think we should look for an uh, some sort of switchback or a cave that we can take down. Preferably, an unguarded cave entrance would be. Would be a deal. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you guys just just tell me what you're. We're gonna treat this sort of like a like you just each of you tell me what you're doing. You can even take some people with you uh, as as everyone. You're not like spreading out or anything, but everyone's just sort of searching different groups here and there, finding the best path down. Like, so you tell me what would your character be doing and contributing to this, this situation? How would they do it? So let's start, let's just go kind of around the table. Floyd, we'll start with you. The idea of being trying to find a way down, how would Floyd be trying to help, uh, the, the company work its way down the mountain or, or find a better path inward? What would you do? I'd go with probably one of my best stats scanning, just okay. looking for it. Okay. Uh, and are you looking for like uh, underground passageways? Are you looking for above ground passageways? Uh, is there is there a particular thing that you're scanning for? Yeah, we're looking to go underground. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll a scan then. No penalty. And then right. tell me how many successes and such you get. Treating this basically like a skill endeavor is what, what I'm after. Just one success. Okay. Uh, Gilly, what are you doing uh, to try to contribute? Um, yeah, she's trying to find the way that's like the least amount of danger to get down. So she's avoiding the scaling. Um, she's probably going to avoid open areas as well. So she's probably going to look for another cave system down. Okay. Uh, uh okay. It's going to be scanned then if that's the case. Okay. Give that a give that a roll. Let me know how you do. Uh, that is just a normal success. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Arineal, what are you trying to do uh, to help help contribute here? So Arineal is uh, a little bit more comfortable with sort of the open area. She's not necessarily looking for a cave, but she's looking for more of the switchback type of uh path down um so okay. a way that you know kind of some can go in that direction 
Uh, explore then. Let's do explore for above and scan for below. Okay. As you're looking. Scans like looking for hidden entrances into the mountain. Explore. It's just looking for a path. And let me know how you do. Uh, yeah, so that is... I hit it exactly with one extra six. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Daggett. How is Daggett helping out? Would I be able to keep watch, uh, specifically looking for danger, making sure that uh, no one moves past us or around us, that as we're searching, we aren't being overly obvious, that kind of thing? Sure, just standing sentry way others. Uh, yeah, the make it awareness. Would I be able to use my armband of the Mirdan to yes, detect danger? Perfectly fine in this case. Haven't used this baby in a while. I was about to give it away again. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, uh, give it back to your brother. <laughs> seven, seven, five, uh, 19 over 13, just one success, though. Uh, Steven, you can't roll a seven on a D6. No, I was rolling a three, four, seven, three, four. Seven, so I just five. You, yeah, I, you guys heard that. Seven, 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 I rolled forty-six. Yeah, I like for one of them to be seven, but two of them. <laughs> Steve has been doing it backwards the whole time. One d six and nothing but. D12s. I rolled d tens, okay, and I still fail. How many? Uh, so, what's the total number of successes? One for me. Yeah. Okay, and then Tara. What what is Tara up to? I'm gonna now. I'm gonna narrate it all once it's all done. Uh, gi given that other folks are looking for specific, you know, cave entrances and switchbacks and that kind of thing, uh, Tara is just looking in general. So I'd love to make an explorer roll. Sure. Um, yeah. If I could. And also use my Ways of the Wild, which uh, lets me get a magical success if I spend a hope. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go right ahead. Awesome. Very nice. Pulling out That's all like the stops. Spend. Hell yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Drove it like you stole it. <laughs> and nice that is a one success. A one one success. Okay. So, so we'll say hours pass on, on the cliff above uh, above Doom. And during that time, uh, the sun which again is never quite in the sky visible to you, but always hidden behind the gloom above. You can tell it goes down as everything grows darker. A few times, Daggett, you actually hear the sounds of wings and you hear the sounds of something moving about. When you look over and down above Doom, and you see the black smoke once or twice, you kind of catch what you think is is a large creature of some kind swooping over and roosting, it looks like, atop a section of those ramparts. Never quite looks up towards you all, because any time that sound happens, you kind of alert everyone who is anywhere potentially to be seen or make noise, you're able to warn them. But you certainly know that there is a there is a drake here of some kind. And there, again, now drake's don't fly, but they can glide, they can climb. But you certainly think there is one roosting somewhere on the ramparts. Now, Irineal and Terra, you're specifically looking for, for routes downward, and you find them. Uh, and a few times, you you go down a path only to, to see it 
sort of dovetail or into another and then sort of flip over the top of the, or the side of the, of the cliff itself and never quite give you a way down. At one point, however, though, the two of you do stumble across a very promising uh, decline. And it is not an easy one to traverse. There is no path here, but it's just this rocky decline. You nearly fall, Arineal, and Tara is able to kind of grab you by the by the strap of your uh, by the strap of your your pack. And the two of you look down over the edge, and about fifty yards below you, you see the largest troll either of you have ever seen in your lives. We're talking perhaps twenty feet tall. This thing is enormous. You see that it has several chains wrapped around its shoulders, and it seems to be connected to some kind of sled, and it is dragging an enormous column of stone. You can see that behind that, there is a contingent of what you think are about five or six, it's hard to count, uh, five or six trolls of, of normal size, 12, 12 feet tall or so. They are shaded a certain a kind of a lighter color. You can tell that they're likely snow trolls of some kind. Uh, and they are also, all of them, taking with them, dragging behind them these sleds uh, stacked with stone and other building, uh, building resources. There are a handful of orcs as well. One that looks extremely recognizable to you, Arineal, as they pass right beneath you. And you recognize them from years ago when you were first up here, when you first tried to assassinate Rotag. He had a number of lieutenants. This was one. And you can see that the, the, the long whip that occasionally cracks, doesn't actually hit any of the trolls, just kind of cracks it just to make sure uh, that they know that he's still around. And he and some of the others seem to be riding along on white wolves. All in all, there is a total of somewhere around 15 to 20 in this party between orcs and trolls, and they are all dragging with them uh, the stone. Now, as you watch and watch them pass, they don't notice you. They don't look up. None of them do. And you see that they are on a relatively, it's not a road, but you can tell it's a path that they have taken before as the ground is somewhat smooth. And you would imagine they have uh, pulled so much of the stone and these sleds over top of it that has actually ground down some of this ridge. And you think if you were to follow it, you might be able to skate around. If you follow them for a little bit, we'll say, and you peek down, you see eventually it slopes even further downward. And it ends up, as you start doing some basic calculations, you see them kind of emerge, not behind the ramparts, but actually in front of it. And as the two of you continue to venture downward, you notice that they are kind of skirting just underneath the broken ramparts themselves, the walls. And just south of them, on the ground, kind of putting like almost like a moat between the, the fortress and that large expanse of tundra, there is a chasm this massive fissure that just seems like, like it's a moat around the Southern portions of the fortress. And they are kind of traversing the ground between that fissure moat and the ramparts themselves until they go out of your sight and you can no longer see them. But you think you've found the route that they take. Floyd, meanwhile, you are moving about with some of your dwarvish friends as Daggett has taken others and some of the elves to keep, keep watch. 
um, Gilly, you are along with Floy as well. The two of you and some of your friends discover there is a cave system. You actually find one. You actually find what almost looks like a hot spring as a tuft of a tuft of mist just comes up out of the sky at one point. And when you climb down it, you realize there is some small mountain spring. There's warmth in here. And searching around the dark caves, there are a number of skeletons here. Uh, you get the sense that that you are in a place that that someone has traveled before, but none of them like look fresh. Like you don't see any signs of like anyone's died recently here, but you see the bones of creatures. Uh, you don't, as you're, as you're looking, I would say because Gilly's with you and you have skill and healing, you can tell you think they're animals. You don't see any signs of like, you know, you know, dwarf or elf or, uh, or, or human skeletal heads. It looks more like ursine, like these ones were maybe bear caves. And eventually, as you two continue to follow this very circuitous uh, trek, this sulfur smell starts kicking up as the, 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 this underground mountain spring becomes tainted. You realize that a small opening leads out above once more Karndum. But you are about 150 yards below where you had left Daggett and some of the others to keep an eye out for danger above. It opens up once more, but you can see that you are much farther down. You can see that you are, if I were to kind of ping it on the map, there's a little bit of a ways from where you're at where you might be able to kind of climb down to those ramparts to the southeast, or you can perhaps climb all the way down into a courtyard. Gilly, since you're here and you have keen eyes, you actually can see that there is great activity in the courtyard. <laughs> you can see that there are trolls that are being directed to stack stones. You can see that there are orcs galore. And there are somewhere in the neighborhood, just from your small little quadrant, 50, 50 enemies of either orc or troll or, or a, few, uh, a few animals and beasts as well. Uh, so there are two routes down that you have discovered. Arenial and just keeps elbowing Terra and pointing and elbowing Terra and pointing every time. It's like, oh, it's the really big troll. Oh, it's all the arcs. And, and oh. a whole platoon of regular trolls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Remember when I said in the beginning, like, if not for Frodo. Big one look even bigger. <laughs> if not for Frodo, like... Aragorn's forces would have gotten slaughtered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are Aragorn's forces without the Frodo part of it. So you guys have fun. It's not quite as bad as Mordor, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> Mordor's like is like the capital of bad. There's like okay. a whole bad guy named Alfraimor, so I feel like you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 a little past its prime. <laughs> I will assume then at some point you all kind of venture back, you find your safety at the very top of the cliff in the darkness. You you you're able to sort of debrief and you could easily retrace your steps down to the ramp that the trolls took. You can easily retrace your steps to the cave if you wanted to to get down to that lower opening in the cliff wall. So you do have options. And then there was always just kind of going back down and around and taking the tundra right across. That always works too. 
So turn it over to you guys. Talk it out. Uh, are we able to spend any time like watching to see if there's like shift changes? Yeah, um, if you if you you can, uh, I would say I do have clocks ticking. So basically, just kind of give me a ballpark for how long Gilly would want to linger and and sort of keep an eye on things from this this perspective. Um, maybe like a half hour to an hour before she comes back up. Okay. Um, uh, let's see if nothing you... crazy. Uh, Mainly, she's it, where she's at. Can she see the the trolls that were walking by the ramparts, or no? You can definitely see plenty of trolls. Uh, you guys don't have cell phones, so I don't think that you would have heard from a Reniel or Terra yet. But you definitely see trolls. Uh, I wrote pretty low on what you would see, um, but there are trolls. Nothing stands out to Gilly as being abnormal, so I would say you don't actually see that giant mountain troll that that Ari okay. and Terra saw. But there's plenty others, and they seem to be being directed by orcs to sort of repair and take these massive stone slabs, and they're like rebuilding things. And in some cases, they're deconstructing and moving some stuff around here and there. Uh, in terms of shift change and stuff like that, you don't really see anything yet like that. Not if, not if you, you would have to probably spend a, a so significant portion of time. Longer. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, she'll, she'll come back up and meet up with the rest of the group. Sure. Gilly, you said stone slabs. Uh, might there be a way that we could use that to our advantage? Perhaps take one of those that's in transit and use it as a, as a weapon of sorts. Um, I don't know if any of us could lift that. Um, you know that none of you could lift that on your own. Maybe, yeah. maybe a bunch of you together could, uh, like several of you could together probably could, but like individually, no one could. Even the trolls could, were dragging him. I could probably nudge one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Lose a you just gotta get your shoulders <laughs> up. Take a shadow point for lying. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta lift with your lift with your legs, Floyd. Lift with your legs. Okay, guys. This is like a fortress. Are they like building? How far are they building for war? They're like catapults and stuff. There, you don't know. You don't see any. You haven't actually seen any siege weaponry. That's a good question. It really mm. just looks like they're rebuilding the infrastructure of the fortress. Uh, and like what they're doing should take a while. Like you would imagine that. With how large this place is, like, again, think of it like in terms of Tharbad and how big Tharbad was, and how many ruins there were. It's very similar, I would say, in that kind of scale. And there are, there is like a massive wall and the wall is not small. Like the wall itself is like a good 20 to 25 feet tall. And you can see that, and it's all these massive chunks of stone and there's walkways atop it so like there's probably small little you know like like nooks and crannies within where you can you know where, where people could probably you know have murder holes and things like that so if they have been working for years they probably have rebuilt maybe some of the buildings here some of the walls this is probably a task that still has a year or two to probably to finish but like the fact that the, the fortress is is functional when you've heard stories that it was essentially destroyed and it was ground into dust. The fact that it's actually up and functional in such a state is they've made considerable progress just in a couple of years. All right, to renew your path says or you say your path has trolls moving and wandering about, but this cave's 
quite empty. You can climb over those down. Uh, but the courtyard below is, to be fair, very, very, very full of of orcs and other trolls. So perhaps we use one path as a path of diversion to gather their attention, and then we use the other path as our path of transport, and that is where we go. Whatever is the path of diversion is effectively a suicide mission. We take the path where the trolls are traveling. And we use that to set set a fire, set some type of diversion in that direction. And then we go the way that the dwarves went. Yeah, if you say this place so, is large, I'm assuming there's openings we can make our way through, right? Like, yeah, uh, a small enough party, small enough party. I would say a 50 people party would be difficult to sort of slink in the shadows, but like a handful of people certainly could could definitely find places to hide. And there, are, and, and the walls have plenty of spots in them where there's they haven't been rebuilt yet. Uh, it's just a question of like how many people do you take with you? How many people do you assign to go to this place or that place? That kind of thing. So. It's it's large enough, and despite the fact that there is activity, it's large enough that you could sneak or like stealth is possible for a small enough group. Then we'll just break it up. Then have like small parties of three going waves. I agree. I think that makes sense. Traveling all of us together is not the wisest path. Where do we want to meet? What happens when three of them are caught? When one group is caught? Do we rush to their aid? Or are they just on their own? We help, of course. will come in from two different ways. One group takes the mountain pass. The other takes the cave. I think what we need to do is we all need to get down and the majority focus fire on one location, be it the forges, uh, sowing discord, and we need to travel to the spire and end cut the snake's head off I, I agree with those two locations I think we learned after our last travel that the five of us alone are insufficient to complete our tasks I believe we should have some with us do like the idea of focus fire I, I agree. um I think that whatever we decide to do, um, what we will need to contend with is our numbers getting thinner, being detected, and getting into combat. Regardless of what we choose, those three things are going to happen. So we need to make a decision where we suffer the least losses in those areas. 
I see wisdom in Gilly's plan. If the As bulk of our forces head towards the forge fires, we can lead a mission to the spire, and any volunteers that wish to come with us can. I do not believe that we should order anyone to come with us because, I agree. let's be honest, we don't know if they'll come back. At least if the main force stays together, they have a chance of leaving together as well. They you speak with seem like a for they seem like a bunch with resilience and heart. I I expect more of them will want to come than I hope more of them will want to come than not. There is I'll say that probably some of the leaders of each of these factions, Lady Aracel, Amder, the twins, etc. Uh, each one of them to a person, um, Lady Aracel will look at you all. This entire venture was volunteer. We are here. Everyone knew the risks. Some have paid already. Benitor for one. You do not need to ask for volunteers, for there is not a person within this company who would not venture with you. But you are not wrong. We are too large a number to move about together stealthily and too small a force to take this fortress on directly. Some other form of subterfuge is necessary. If you wish me to lead that other group, I will. If you wish me to be with you, I will. And you can see she like looks to some of the others. And I imagine I say what I say now. The rest of them. Amdrim, Umforlond, Elro here and Eladin, sons of Elrond, Thorvum and Thebe of the Dunlin lands, Tharnau. And Titus, and you see Titus, like, like what? Of Tharbad. All of them will say the same thing. What is left is for you to decide who it is that comes with you and who you send to do the other task. Um, out of character. Which sure. of our groups are looking the most injured? Uh, the Rangers and Tharbad got pretty messed up. Uh, so I would say those two are the ones that have suffered. Uh, Tharbad hasn't... I don't think Tharbad actually suffered casualties. They just got injured. Uh, the Rangers actually suffered casualties. Um, the Rangers and the, and the Dunland... Uh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me double check. One of the doors. Hang on. Uh, the... The Dunlin Dwarves and the Rangers were the ones that, w that went to the ruins mm -hmm. of Dol Gueth. They're the ones who suffered casualties. Uh, the Oathbreaker Dwarves and the Wardens suffered uh, as well, but they didn't like suffer like major casualties. The elves are fine. So, is there any way that we could have um, the Dwarves cause some sort of a natural collapse on the path that the um, trolls have been bringing in the stone and then have that be our distraction that could potentially allow us to more easily get down 
they can attack from high ground um, and like hold that point and have that distraction be there and then we can sneak through and get to where we need to. Uh, I mean, like the dwarves, like you want us to cause an avalanche on the path, we can cause an avalanche on the path. If you don't want more of those folks coming up from the mines, we can stop them. Doesn't necessarily help the ones that are already in there, but we can stop them if that's what you want. So how about then, with that idea, we send one group of dwarves to block the path and perhaps set fires as well to okay. try and lure people out of the fortress. Um, and then we would want to keep Tharbad and the rangers together because they're both injured. Uh, so maybe we take one group with us and then the remaining, what would it be, three groups, four groups? Uh go in together towards the forge fires. Uh, so yeah, we'll say like Thorvim and Phoebe, they'll volunteer to do the avalanche and sort of cause distraction to the south on that southern path. Uh, they can do that, set fires, that's fine. Uh, and then it's just about you deciding of the remaining four, uh, excuse me, of the remaining five groups, you've got your your brother and the Oathbreakers, and your brother is would probably press to go with you, but that's not a requirement, of course. Uh, you've got the Rangers, you've got Tharbad Wardens, you've got both groups of elves. So of those five, who do you want to go with you and who do you want to send uh, to deal with whatever is going on in the forge? Make whatever cases you guys want. Uh, like I said, I think Rangers and Tharbad should stay with the main group because they're injured. So okay. to me, that would leave Forlond Elves, Rivendell Elves, and Oathbreakers to come with us. But if you guys feel that it should be different, one of the three, I mean, to come with us. Yeah, yeah. I think the Oathbreakers, because we're trying to go in stealthy, uh, and and they have that distinctive feature of being stealthy. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I also think having the dwarves there to to break those walls and cause further discord would be useful at the forges and there are 10 of them so they're one of the stronger forces it would mean That's that our group true. gets bigger that way too um, Daggett of course would want them to come with you guys can go ahead and like literally oh, drag the tokens onto the spots that you want to send them to like I did with the, the Dunlin folk just to keep track of things also other okay. question ramparts yeah. um, is that all stone or is it also like wooden no, it's mostly stone that you okay, can tell. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Obviously, okay. there's probably some wood structure in here, but like they're they're stone walls. Okay, got it. I cannot drag tokens. Uh, so rangers and Tharbad go to forge fires. And then if we say Oathbreakers as well for their engineering expertise, go to forge fires. That leaves us Forlond and Rivendell. Which elves do we think would be more helpful to us? Keen-eyed, sorrowful, swift, or fierce, true-hearted, brash? I would vote Rivendell there. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Moved yeah, and it also keep, keeps the group smaller. Because yeah, then that's a total grind. So Rivendell with us uh, okay. and the rest at the Forge Fires. I can't drag tokens either. Someone just did. I can. <laughs> we know who the real Hold captain you can move is. That block. <laughs> All right, so we've got Tharbad, we've so we've got Tharnow and the Tharbad Wardens. We've got Snagit, Rollin, 
uh, and the Oathbreakers going to deal with whatever is in those Forge Fires. We've got Elro here. The, we have the twins, Elro here and Elidin, and uh, and the other two Rivendell Elves going with you. So you have four allies coming with you currently. Yes. What do you want Amdrim and his contingent, and what do you want Lady Aracel to do? They're, uh, so the Rangers were being paired with Tharbad because of the injury, so Rangers and Tharbad were together. Okay. And I believe that leaves also the Forlond Elves going with the Forge Fire group. Unless we okay. want to give some support. Um, we could... The Dunlin. Use they could the be the ones starting fires while Dunlin does the ambush? Or the Yeah, the, the Keen-Eyed Forlond Elves could help with the avalanche. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. They could be um, doing kind of like the uh, fire arrow things. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Are you happy with this uh, with this layout? No. I guess top it out really well. I'm just kind of showing everybody the, yeah. the way these things get uh, situated here. Yeah. Just to keep track the of 40 stuff. of us all moving around together didn't seem like okay. that was going to last, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, uh, you guys could have marched across the tundra and just taken them straight on. <laughs> you like, mentioned I was a couple times there. that that was an option <laughs> for us to go around to the south and go in, and we did not take the bait on that. After after the campaign, we'll talk about other options and what might have happened. Uh, uh, I see. I see. So, Arineal will After sort the of, TPK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to kind of show quietly sort of go around to everyone kind of as we're looking to kind of split things up a bit and she'll just kind of go around to everyone and just sort of quietly just say all of you you learned of fright and learned of death and braved it anyway and she'll kind of pat everyone on the shoulder as she kind of moves around to everyone Tara okay. gratefully accepts that and uh feels enough bravery now to, to go to Tharno and kind of pull him aside and um say I I hope you won't need it but I wish you and your men luck and uh just off to one side she gives him a very soft kiss Mm-hmm. For like, he will let's not embra- say goodbye yeah he'll embrace you and then he'll whisper as in your ear before pulling away he'll see you after yes Daggett I think Snagit is going to approach you actually and, uh, brother you sure you don't need you're taking the, the elves with you? You think this is a good idea? I don't trust them to be able to disrupt a forge the way you can. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I know you've got Floyd with you. I, I'll feel better if there's more dwarves at your side. But if this is what you think is best, then... And don't worry, we'll take care of it, no problem. We'll wrench that thing down to the ground, guaranteed. You know how those elves get, they see wood burning and they they start feeling sick. 
They may lose their nerve if they got too close to that forge fire. <laughs> yeah. I'll suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. Um, <clears throat> well, brother, uh, um, thought well. And he gets extremely awkward. He's just sort of like, eyes kind of. He's like, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I know I wasn't here. Uh, even though he's been the best of brothers. But, uh, when this is all done, I imagine uh, I would like the opportunity uh, to remedy that. Uh, if that's all right with you. Daggett, his mouth opens a couple times. Yes. All right, then. First round's on you. Got to smack you on the on the shoulder, like breaking like this this sort of awkwardness because you can tell like he wants to do more but he doesn't, and he just kind of smacks you on the shoulder and then he kind of turns, and he looks back, and he says, "Give him hell." And as he's walking away, uh, he stops by Floyd, and Floyd he kind of gets in your face with like, this is, almost looks kind of aggressive. And he says, um, watch my brother. You got it? I've always been watching. And then he leaves. Doesn't do anything more than that. So, Lady Aracel will give one final goodbye to Ari and Tara. Wish you well. Tell you, Ari, how proud your mother must be. And the approach commences. So, Thorvim and Thebe, Amdrum, they all venture a different, they take a different path than the rest of you. As I believe the rest of you are kind of taking that cave path that Floy and Gilly discovered. And yes. I believe it's Forlon, the, the Forlon elves, Amdrum, Thorvim, Thebe, and their group, they're taking the path that Terra and Eri discovered. And they're kind of setting. Uh, setting what they're going to do no problem now the one question the one last question i have just like strategic just so i kind of understand are you guys leaving first and venturing and sneaking up towards the spire or are you letting the rangers and your allies go first and sneak towards the the fortress i know you had talked about kind of going in groups in smaller groups so as so as not try to draw too much attention it is still nighttime too so i'm presuming that's probably what you wanted to traverse at night so it's a little darker that if our friends if go first if they're getting like the front end of the distraction it might be easier for them um we do also i was wondering that or if we do want to go first because we do have to travel further so then both of our hits can kind of try and commence at like the most similar time that we can get it to go if we go before the distraction and we are caught then we can become the distraction for the rest of them to follow through. Excellent. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that works. All right, then. I would like, from all of you, a stealth test. I will roll for the Rivendell Elves. And I would like a stealth test as you guys climb down the cave. 
the last goodbye to Aerosol, maybe even the goodbye to Daggett probably happened in that cave as you guys were ready to go. Gilly, you're looking out, trying to find some semblance of of pattern of movement here and there. And eventually you begin to climb down uh, as best you can the rest of the way using whatever kind of fissures and and little nooks and crannies in the side of the mountain that you can find. Uh, basically the the eastern side of the fortress is like like the wall is, is essentially the mountain the northern side the northern protective area is the mountain itself as well so you're kind of climbing down from that small little uh ledge you found uh and let Snagit me know how you do would have kind of gotten in daggett's head a little bit about needing dwarves uh close by Mm-hmm. So if he could, he would like to stay with Loy and point out like the best places to walk, things like that, because Daggett's always been stealthy. And I'd like to spend a hope, since he's my focus, to give him support. Sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. Can I still spend hope if he spend hope on me? I don't You're getting two dice from the... me. Yeah, you're getting two yeah. dice from him. What if I spend hope to get two dice more, so I'm going like four? Uh, Go ahead. I don't care. I don't know. I don't know the rule of top of my head, but go ahead. Yeah. All right, I'm rolling six. I'm more than happy to take your hope, so it's cool. <laughs> oh god. Uh Airy failed anyway. Well, it's okay. Success. Other people are if they have extra successes, like they can cover you. So depends on how yeah, much they have. My mine's just a regular success or here. Fifteen under sixteen. Ah, (laughs) I even took an audience dice for an extra d6 and I still rolled uh, a bunch of ones and twos and threes and fours. That's gonna happen, man. That's a great success. Uh, great. So you got one, so you got one extra success, yes. Okay, so you got plus one that'll cover airy, probably. Gilly, how'd you do? I got extraordinary. Okay, so you got plus two. Nice, Daggett, regular for me. Okay. Uh, the elves, as you might expect, had no no trouble whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> they're the sons of Elrond. Yeah. I mean, they're getting out of this mess, but they're pretty sure the rest of you are fucked. That's a pretty fucked. <laughs> okay. So, you guys venture out. You climb down. Ari, you've been taking the lead uh, so often, and perhaps you do, and you lose your footing. You slip. You nearly fall. But right as you're about to drop, you feel the hand of Floyd wrap around like your leg. And you, for the moment, are kind of like hanging upside down as he's gripped onto your ankle. And there is, you hear the sound of like, um, and you guys hear crunch, crunch, crunch. And you see a very well-armored orc. That has a very, uh, very large barbed whip that they're dragging behind them a bit. Hey, hey, hey! He's just kind of barking off into the shadows, and then he looks up and he sees Arenial, and he reaches back with his whip like he's about to like swing up at her, and then you guys just hear, and you look, you look over to the side, and there, Elor here has got his like elvish bow kind of fired an arrow uh, as they rolled a Gandhi on their roll. And the arrow just sinks right, right directly into the center part of his face, right as he's about to scream and collapses to the ground. And you are able to get to the ground in the courtyard 
the yard of the dead and you can see a handful of feet away from you as you as your feet hit the ground for the first time inside the confines of Karn Doom. You all feel <laughs> it's maybe it's just maybe it's just a metaphor of it all, but you just feel the weight. Just kind of it's not nothing special. It's nothing it's no magical darkness. There is a there is like a fog or a mist, but nothing that you haven't seen elsewhere in Angmar that just kind of kicks up. And you can just kind of feel the weight suddenly. Every step echoes in your ears even though it's very quiet and all of you are moving extraordinarily uh extraordinarily silently every step just seems to echo more than once you hear the sounds of like a distant shout scream you can can tell the sounds of a troll like screaming out in annoyance or pain you hear more than once And you look over and you can see that like squabbles are happening here and there as every now and then one of the trolls is being directed to do work, being tasked with it by these orcs kind of gets pissed and just sort of does a backhand and knocks one of them down before they kind of get harried and, and, and cowed once more. Daggett, you look up towards the ramparts where you saw that, that creature a few hours ago. You don't see it. It's not there. You have a much better view now as you are kind of underneath the smoke as it's billowing up into the sky. And you can see across the way to where it should have been. And you don't see it. There are numerous, which you can, which you would say are like foundations cut into the earth here, where you would imagine either they're using the sort of schematics or the layout that, that this place once looked at to plan new buildings. Floyd and Daggett, maybe even the rest of you, if you've ever seen a town or a castle or a keep be rebuilt, you can see the foundations are being are being dug and being built. You even hear the sounds of of like these little goblin sounds like ah! and you can you can see these like dirt kind of just getting thrown up here and there as there's like groups of them uh, all about, which you haven't seen, uh, which none of you have seen thus far since you've been here. You haven't seen a single hill folk, not a single one. More than once, you do see that there are these large orcs. That's at least what most people would recognize them as. But Arineal and Floy and Gilly, you know better. You can see what looks like Urukai, and they are riding on the backs of some of those large beasts of Angmar, like that were fallen down the mines uh, by the Oathbreaker home that Arineal saw once in the mountains uh, of Angmar, she and Talendil, or excuse me, she and Marinbim, and you guys kind of venture. The, you pass by on the eastern side, uh, the forge, the, with the, the building that you would recognize or that you've kind of tasked with being the forge. It is very much the source of that horrible black smoke to the point where all of you feel this sickening like the mist suddenly becomes filled with particulates and whatever process that they're using to smelt or to crap you know to do their to, to, to run their forge there's something dirty about the process in a way that you're not used to floy and daggett uh, as you can even see um that the elves are kind of wiping at their eyes here and there as stuff's kind of getting into them and you can in those that have like a sort of a, a lighter a lighter hair color starting to, to dim. Not not the twins, um, but Kirador. You, when you pass by the building, 
and it is enormous. It is the size into and of itself of a, of a massive, massive building and the enormous blacksmith. You're kind of on the backside of it, but you can still hear the sounds of terrible industry like inside. You can feel the thudding of the earth as you pass by. You're pretty sure it probably goes down into the earth itself too, that what you're seeing above ground isn't the totality of the building itself and it's likely partially subterranean. You can see out in front as you pass by, uh, I'll say Gilly with your keen eyes, you probably notice this more than others. There looks to be some of those sleds that you saw uh, that Arineal and Terra saw uh, filled with stone and stuff. They're now being stacked with like these crude crates and you can see what looks like weapons, armor, uh, and they are stacking and stacking and stacking on top of this. And there's like a troll nearby that's kind of sitting on the ground, just eating. And it's just whatever it is, it's raw. Their face is bloody and they're just allowed to take a break while they're these little goblins kind of run out, stack up these these different boxes and crates of these weapons that they're getting from inside the forge. The design of the building is very utilitarian, uh, Floy and Daggett. Like it's very, it lacks any sort of ornamentation that you might be familiar with uh, from the Blue Mountains. Like it, it feels very cold, uh, not in the temperature side, but just uninviting. There's nothing beautiful about it. It's all very matter of fact, angular and severe, but you're able to serve, you're to sneak past it. And you also can see like further to the West, there are what looks like another building, not quite like the forge fires, but it's far to the West. And you can see that there are small, a handful of stocky dark shapes. We're talking like four or five that are lingering around it. They don't look like orcs. They don't look like goblins. They're way too thick and muscular uh, than the sort of cave goblins that you've seen before. But they are lingering nearby and they seem to be directing orcs every now and then. Like orcs will come by and like they'll just sort of, their heads kind of bowed slightly. And then one of these figures will just kind of point off. It's almost as if they're kind of giving them direction like sending them in certain spots because you see those taskmasters then return back and start moving a section of trolls this way or that. And this is what you see as you guys are skirting through the underside uh, of this mountain along the eastern, uh, eastern wall. Eventually, you do get near this spire, which you are on the eastern side, and the eastern side is in fact the side that has suffered some significant damage. It does seem to be open air. It is enormous, like the base of it. It's not circular. It's more like hexagonal in a way. And you can see that there are something maybe 50 feet in height, maybe more. So like maybe like a five to to seven story tall uh, building. It is the largest peak uh, within here. But you notice that there there are some, some spaces upwards. When you're peeking inside of some of the, the ripped down walls, you actually can see a winding stone staircase. Uh, there do not appear to be any, there doesn't appear to be like anyone guarding like the entranceway, uh, which definitely faces like southwesternly towards the rest of the courtyard. So you guys are not near the main entrance. You do see that there are several, um, uh, several like um, contraptions that are kind of set about here and there where you see this kind of greenish flame 
is kind of wafting up from it here and there. And there's this terrible odor all around. Uh, you notice that there is a walkway that seems to connect a portion of the of the spire to the other building on the western side. Uh, like probably about the third third floor up, there seems to be a walkway, no railings, very similar in design to what you've probably seen before, Floy and Daggett and some dwarven structures. This is what you see. Um, the most immediate ways inside that you can tell are trying to climb up the outside towards some of the openings on the uh, like the open broken wall area or to brave sneaking around. And I will require another test for that. Sneaking around to the front and trying to just go right up the inside as far as you can tell. Those are what you see. Well, we've made it. And whoever's been watching us, they might know we're coming. So what do you say? Just through the front door. I've twice today attempted to quietly move from one place to another and have needed one of you to pull me back lest I alert everyone. I am tempted to climb up and not try to quietly walk through the front door, but I can be swayed. How long do we expect it to be before the distraction outside? So you guys have probably last time you saw them was maybe an hour ago as you maybe a little bit more as you had to go down through the caves i will say that as you're sitting here lurking and, and watching and trying to get a feel for things you do hear a call from the south you just hear someone someone call like a like a scream of a troll but then in addition to that you hear a familiar sound that you've heard before you hear the sound of a war horn just going off from the south from from somewhere along the ramparts, you think, like the upper upper part portions of the wall itself. I say stealth is no longer needed. We climb. Let's get up there now. Make use of the distraction. Okay, all of you, athletics test, please. This is the easier I'm so role. good at least <laughs> that I will use my magic rune for an automatic success by spending a hope. Okay. Uh, Arineal oh, would yeah, like to spend probably. a point of hope to boost Gilly. Okay. Well, thank you. As you might expect, the, uh, the elves don't have any success problems. Success with one extra six. <laughs> All right, got a plus one. I would like to use one of my uh, distinctive, or my equipment. My <laughs> the grapple for, thing? Don't yes, you have like a please. grappling hook or something? Yeah, I have oh, a rope right. hook. We just need somebody to use the snowshoes, Irene. <laughs> I, you can bury me and use the snowshoes as a. Uh... <laughs> I mean, All right, and I passed. Okay. Thank you for those dice because I rolled four ones. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh no. no. I still passed. <laughs> uh, okay. One. I rolled two threes, so it was the magic success that got me there. Amazing. Very nice. <laughs> Floyd. Extraordinary success. Oh, of course. You and the, you and the elves just whoosh, Main Street going on up. Uh, now. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, so mad. 12 under 13, I failed. Oh, there are enough. Once more, Arineal, you are struggling. You you're, guys are climbing up the exterior of a of a sort of a fractured spire. The eastern side is all damaged in some fashion. You can definitely see Floyd and Daggett. There are spots where like some repairs, especially 
on the base level have been affected already, but they haven't quite built all the way up. You're also seeing rubble on some of the floors as you go up. On the eastern side of the spire, there's a there's small chambers here and there, but you can't tell that any of them are actually being used for anything, which kind of makes sense considering is they're open air. And periodically you do see this stone stair that kind of weaves up. Um, more than once you do hear the sounds of of people shouting from the south. Um, you hear more of those war horns, but then you do hear other things from elsewhere in the uh, in, in the in the actual grounds. You hear the sounds of, of people shouting, you hear the sounds of trolls, you hear the sounds of like Karn Doom has been stirred. It's hard to tell exactly what's happening from, from your vantage point. At one point, Arinio, you put a put a foot down on one of these sections of rubble where the wall has clearly uh, has clearly fallen, and the stone gives way. And you're probably on around the third floor at this point, and you begin to you begin to slide off. Uh, I'm going. And so, who got extra successes? Floy, yeah, and Tara. Uh, we'll say Tara this time. Tara this time, you're able to quickly slide over and grab a rineal as the whole stone platform with you on top of it begins to tilt as if it's going to fall down to the ground. Arinio, you start sliding. Tara, you're able to kind of sweep down, uh, maybe even holding on to Floy. Floy, you grab. Tara's arm, Tara, you grab Avrinial's arm, and the three of you are kind of hanging there, Floyd anchoring on another space as this large stone slab goes careening down and smashing into the floor or into the ground below. It makes a huge thud. It doesn't fracture, but it makes a huge thud. A heartbeat goes by, two, three. You look around. You don't see anyone immediately responding to you. Now, there's about five floors, you would say. You're probably around the third floor. You can continue to climb up if, if that is your desire, or you can try to get out in the middle and work your way up. It's kind of up to you. What, what would your desires be? These chambers look empty. You can just walk up. I think we're going inside at this point. Okay. Am I hearing that right? Okay. You uh, step out. You venture into some of these these chambers, open air. There's nothing. There's like no intact furniture anymore. But you can tell that at one point these might have been might have been chambers for higher echelon, more important folk, but not for hundreds and hundreds of years. It doesn't look like anybody has lived in these at all recently. They're coated with grime and ice and dust. You do push and find that stair, though, as you're kind of crunching along and crunching along, and eventually you find this this winding stone stair. It goes down, it goes up. You see there's no light, so it's only what you bring if you're bringing any, but the stone staircase is very, very dark. You, f- you feel like you're relatively central in the, in the spire itself, but it does have this kind of flaring out effect. Whereas it seems like the stair narrows and then flares wide and then narrows again and then flares wide as it moves up and down. Gilly, would you have your, your lantern out? Um, I think after we approached it and we noticed that it's really dark, uh, she would, she would pull it out 
Okay. Um, is this the same floor though, where there's that walkway across to the other building? Yeah. Yeah. You are like in the middle of the spire and they're on the other side of the spire. You know that there is a walkway, uh, that goes towards the building. The other should building. we, should we board off that door for now to the walkway? Good idea. Is there okay. some type of ruined? There's plenty stone of whatnot that we stone and such around rubble. here. Yeah. Okay. So Are you're going to this? Okay. take a moment to. Door. Okay. All right. So you take some time to kind of barricade that as best you can. Uh, you covered a stone. It doesn't take too long. The stone is pretty heavy, but with all of you working together, with the elves helping as well, you're able to kind of put enough put enough rubble in place that no one could get through here particularly easily, unless they were, you know, a giant troll or something like that. Um, now, there are continue. What do you regular yeah. troll? Regular troll. Screw those guys. <laughs> so sad you guys didn't, didn't pick a fight with the mountain troll. Oh god, I'm great. Um, you guys continue upward. Unimpeded. Fourth floor. Unimpeded. More the same. You once more hear the sounds of a war horn outside. A little dimmer. It echoes. You hear a horn from a little more muted, a little bit more distant, you would imagine, maybe from the western side of the fortress itself. You hear the sounds distant now of orcs and trolls shouting, yelling. Um, but that is pretty much the only thing you can hear at this point. And then you make it all the way up to the top of the stair. And you see in front of you a large set of double doors. They are kind of this sort of grayish green, like dark green. Um, they have runes and there's some sort of geometric decoration uh, within it, but they don't seem to be particularly, um, again, not, not not beautiful. Like there's like a lack of, of beauty. Even, I would say even the dwarves, you look at them and they, something about them just seems brutal, seems cold they look the the doors themselves i would say floy and daggett with your with your ability no role necessary look relatively new like like they they look in less wear than much some of the others so you would imagine they might have repaired these or built them anew but there's a set of double doors daggett takes a couple steps forward Looks back at the group, has the Aragorn face. <laughs> YOLO. It starts going towards the door. <laughs> what's, what's a YOLO? <laughs> uh, it's just door speak. Did he mean yo-yo? That's a children's toy, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my favorite gif. I couldn't help No, it. I love it. I'm not going to feel bad now for what's about to happen <laughs> as you guys push the doors open and you see a dark massive familiar throne room you see in the far distance from you on the far other side of this hall which is enormous which is the entirety you would imagine of the upper floor of the spire 
or at least the diameter of it. You can see a very, you can see a, a sort of a dais, an elevated section on the other side. And there are these, these little fixtures on either side lit with green flame immediately inside the door that you, the doors you step through, same thing. You see another set of these off to the left where you can see about midway through this massive throne room, there does seem to be another path outward, perhaps to an antechamber of some kind. You're not sure, but somewhere else on the, on the, on the spire's upper floor. But on that day is on the other side of the throne room. You see the throne. You see very dark shadow. Something about the way the, the flames are flickering just creates this vacuum of blackness sitting on top of the throne. To your left and to your right, you see uh, a small set of stairs that go up to what looks like a second level, like a little balcony level. It's not particularly high up, but maybe eight, nine feet high. And you can see that they extend around. However, on the right-hand side, the eastern side of the room, it's just rubble. The stairs go up a couple ways to a landing, and then it's just rubble. You can even see and feel the wind whoosh, kind of like washing and wafting in here and there. And on some of that rubble, you can see that there's signs of ice and grime and, and dirt and such. And there, as far as you can tell, it is empty as can be other than that black looming vortex sitting atop the throne on the other side. What you guys like to do? Tattle Ving Your rule ends here. Say it, say it one more time, Floy. Shadow Ving Mar, your end rules here. Okay. Your rule ends here. You see the shadow stir. And you hear a voice come from it. Welcome. And it's. It's not a familiar voice, but it's it's got this low baritone to it. Welcome to my chambers. You watch as the shadow kind of steps a little bit closer and it's just kind of moving and moving. I have watched you fly of glad rock. I have watched you Orinio Ranger of the North. You can see the shadow steps closer again. You now see a like kind of a, a large boot begin to appear where the light is kind of flickering, but the voice is still kind of coming from the shadow. I have watched you. Gilly Kettlegrass of Bree, daughter to Pim, daughter to Tolman. Another step, and it kind of like echoes across the hall. And I have watched you, Terraneth. Ranger of the North. He takes another step, and you can see now the silhouette of 
a stocky man dressed in very dark clothing with heavy armor. You can hear the sounds of the metal kind of clinking. You can see the flickering uh, from the flames at the base of the dais. But there is none I have watched more closely than Daggett over the Blue Mountains. For you have brought me one of my old family's heirlooms. I can feel it even now. You haven't carried it here, but it is within reach. And then the whole body steps out and you can see in full glow a dwarf roughly the same size as Daggett or Floy draped in black in grays. You can see a pale skinned face sickly. You can see a beard that has been adorned with metals. Nothing glamorous the way that Floy would do, but instead these crude dark metals, these bands and it creates this kind of angular look to it. Very severe face. I am Goldfain. I am the steward of Engmar. I am the right of Kondum. You have entered my chambers uninvited, and for that, you will be destroyed. And he takes like another step down and another step down until he is at the same level on the far side of the hall from you. Am amazingly at the far side. And you can see he pulls from, from his back or from the shadow behind on the throne. You're not really sure. He just kind of reaches back and you see this kind of glittering black mass of an axe comes free. Come then, Master Floy, rid the shadow if you dare. And at that, I charge in. Okay. okay. All right. So, dibs on the axe. Are you guys all <laughs> charging Holy in? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Let's, have a, let's have a civil council, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Entering <right>. falsehood phase. <laughs> All right. Is there a dog yeah. anywhere that I can bribe with some food? <laughs> Classic. Boy. Holy shit! Charging in. Okay. All right. Let me get some stuff down. Oh gosh. I have a oh map for you. Hearts are supposed oh to be up here, right? Like That's <laughs> <laughs> where so they're supposed to live. Mine's yeah. in my yeah. feet right now, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Bottom of my Mine's gut. In my stomach. <laughs> yeah. So talk amongst yourselves. I didn't know who you're oh. bringing with you. So give me a second as you guys talk amongst yourselves so I can get your, your ally token settled. 
and I'll oh show my this gosh. one. So talk about yourself for me. So Gilly, you can like go up on like the rubble off to the side and like just shoot shoot arrows and just be murder hobbit from the rubble on the yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Holy I'm crap. scared. <laughs> so it's good. Just a door. So good. I'm dying. Dying. <laughs> Wait, I'm like taller than him. I can yeah. <laughs> this works. We can do this. <laughs> what was the name again? Goldfane? Goldfane. 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 You've heard the name for like the year and a half now. It keeps popping. <laughs> yeah. This is, he's not Goldf even like this is like OG bitch. Like Fender a bunch of Berman Tharbat even like his uh family pissed off the dragons essentially. Like they're so awful that they pissed off dragons. No, he did, and then the dragons retaliated yes. and killed his whole family. Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you. That's exactly That's what the story right. said. Oh okay. to our knowledge. I will give all of you as I'm going to go ahead and push, uh, put everyone into combat now. Um, mm -hmm. I will put him into combat as well. We'll do opening Gosh. volleys. I am going, we're going to treat our NPC allies the way we always treat NPC allies, which is use them. You have Elro here, Eladin, and then you have Rivendell Elf 1 and Rivendell Elf 2. No, uh, one of them is Curador. Uh, you never actually talked to them, but uh, had you, you would have realized they could actually uh, buff your items. But uh, no one ever wanted to talk to Ooh. him. Cause, uh, oh, <laughs> damn. He was always smoking the Anti-social us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just for a uh, little bit of uh, bookkeeping here. So Floy is no longer injured. Is that right? Yeah. And I'm free. is Tara no longer injured? Because no, we rested no and we traveled? Yeah. Between okay. the two days at camp and three days of travel, that gets rid of my five days. Okay. Ari's got three days left if she survives this one day. <laughs> okay. Opening volleys. Uh, you guys remember how these work? You guys yes. are charging Shooting in. Shooting my bow as I'm running forward. Absolutely. So everyone, all of you go ahead and do that. Uh, anybody who oh, has a ranged weapon who would like to mm -hmm. do an opening volley as you charge in at Golfane, who has a parry of five. Let me add five to your wow. target numbers. <laughs> if you think that's bad. Is anyone that's surprised bad. that I am uh, rolling more ones? Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not surprised that I'm rolling uh, more ones. Let's go. How around. are we looking on uh, audience dice? Uh, we're good. I'll take two. Floy, okay. how did you do on your opening volley? A complete whiff of my spear. You throw the spear and Golfain just stands. He's got the axe, this long axe that he just puts the base down on the kind of one of the steps. It holds there. He doesn't even flinch as your spear just goes smashing down into the into the steps near and clattering off to the side. Uh, so it's Gilly. Our our parry plus five, right? Plus five. Oh. It's your, whatever your target number is. Your strength plus five. plus five. Yeah, it's your, whatever your target number is, plus five. Uh, Gilly. So I hit 29. So it okay. hits. Uh, okay. And uh, I got a bonus six and I have uh, an eight. So I'm going to spend that to make him possibly roll for a wound, please. Okay. I will do that right now. 
I want you guys to listen very closely to all of the dice that are about to rain down. Yeah, I'm really scared. <laughs> Shit. That is a 33. Is okay. That, is that enough yeah. to defend? Yeah, my injury rating is only 16. Just flexing right now. Just flexing a little bit. Okay. You fire. <laughs> and again, he doesn't move. Just four and damage. The arrow right into you. You do find a small little seam and it hits him. He doesn't even flinch. <clears throat> well struck, Miss Kettle Grass. Uh, four damage. Who else? Uh, I got a success with one extra six. Okay. What would you like to do? Uh, what are six? my options? Uh, so usually, I guess, what did you roll on your feet die? Uh, just a four. Uh, heavy blow is probably the better option here. So you add your, your, your smaller strength number to your damage. Okay. So... For you, you are, six you've got a strength of six, four, which is 10. Okay. Same thing happens. Your arrow goes flying through as you guys charge on in. The arrow finds purchase. You see it kind of hit him. And now there's two kind of arrows kind of sticking out of one side of his armor. He just takes his arm, the one that's not holding the, uh, the ax, and he just smashes down and you see the arrows just kind of break and he just <laughs> pulls both of them out and throws them to the ground. Uh, Ari, how did you do? Did you, miss, did you miss? I loosed an arrow and okay. I rolled a 17 under 18. So it went wide. Okay. And Daggett. I rolled a sorry and I missed. Okay. Wow. Wow. As you guys are charging in, you're firing. He doesn't throw anything at you. He doesn't doesn't use a ranged weapon of any kind. You see him standing there. He's got two wounds now from, from arrows. He's got his axe. And Daggett, you look at it and you realize, man, that looks that looks so much like Blockfong. The same material. The same material. Gilly, you notice it too. The same material. The ground down ash and bones, the dragon, the undead. And you remember suddenly Arineal and Gilly and Floy to what Lottie was able to do with that axe as you all fled for an rain so long ago. And he holds it up and goes tap, tap. And you watch then as almost out of nothing, just out of the shadow, you watch as wraiths begin to emerge from the floor, from the shadow, and all of them just emerge right in front between him and between you as six of these spectral figures, not corporeal, you can see them, the kind of blue-green glow now stand between you and him. And that is the end of our opening volley. And we will go into combat. Oh, dear. Stances, please. Forward. Okay. Also forward. Okay. 
Open. Open. Okay. Um, and then Gilly, you're enraged. I'm not putting the allies in um, in the combat round. So you guys use them, pull them, you know, pull them to wherever it is you're standing. All of you have ownership over them. Should be able to con- should should be able to control them. So you guys can go ahead and at this point, you guys outnumber. Uh, was it nine to seven? So. You guys, so we can start with it. So we'll start with kind of assigning the specific targets. I'm going to start with Floyd. Floyd, are you still going for him? Yeah, I'm going to start with Floyd. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to move them down just a little bit. So it's a little easier for us to kind of organize. This is all abstracted. Don't worry about grids or anything like that. Uh, all right. So I'll move stuff. Floyd, you rush past the race who reach out and grab you. And they, you can feel like the coldness as their fingers nearly touch you, nearly pull you to towards them, but you manage to get through. Uh, then we'll see who else is in forward stance. We've got Floyd, Tara, and Daggett. All right, so then uh, let's see. Daggett, where are you going? Who are you targeting? Uh, if we outnumber them, I'd like to tag team Golfane with Floyd. Uh, that is not quite how it works so uh you have equal or more heroes you players in close combat stance choose an unengaged adversary to face from eligible targets so you can't actually go in there yet you have to target one of the others so all those guys have to hurry up and target people then geez uh so i'll go for one of the spectrals then doesn't matter which okay um and then uh tara same thing or and and honestly and tara and everything both of you you're just a step behind floy as you're kind of rushing towards, and that means that the wraiths kind of get up and are able to intercept you before you can kind of reach Gulfane. Uh, so just go ahead and push yourselves next to a specific um, a specific wraith. Okay, do the same thing, Arineal. Okay, yeah. Elro here, you want to stay behind with you, Gilly, uh, okay? Yeah. All right, uh, so then we've got Elodin, Curador, and Eredin are the three you can kind of sort of move them in and assign them to somebody else and they're essentially kind of just taking up space and allowing the targeting to happen the way it does okay uh so whoops i didn't realize i had those things up there those are gone okay all right so that is the end of that phase so let's go ahead and start combat then um actually i gotta put the gotta put them in don't i all right i'll just put one in that's fine all right, Tara, Floy, Daggett, you've all engaged. Floy, you've charged in at Golfane. Uh, you, we can start with you if you want. As you come racing past quicker than he probably anticipated, uh, as he does seem to take a half step back, surprised that you were able to kind of get past his little his little surprise play. Uh, go ahead, man. I'll shout out a familiar phrase that maybe he's forgotten. Marukazad. Do you now? Giving me a little favored on my attack here. Uh, I'm going to. Oh wait, no. Oh, oh. Go ahead, you're good. I'll start off with a ten piercing, and then extraordinary success. Two heavy blows. Okay, give me the total damage. Twenty-one damage. Okay, got it. Right, and I gotta roll defense. My armor. Uh, it's uh, 20 injury rating. 17, 23, 
29, 31 on my defense, on my protection. Uh, okay. And then I can attempt a free Intimidate Foe on action. Uh, none of the creatures in the fight are affected by the Intimidating Foe action, I'm, far, I'm sorry to say. Okay. I still yeah. try, though. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, you get a very good blow as you come charging in. He takes a step back. He, as he had just finished, kind of tapping the axe to to summon these wraiths to his defense, and he's not able to get it up in time to parry off your blow. As Kobar's cleaver comes sweeping down, hacking into his side, and where he didn't really react too much when Terra and Gilly's arrows hit him, you you do actually hear. <laughs> as you manage to sink into it. And not only that, when you pull a blade out, you do see he bleeds. This is not, you're not dealing with an undead creature. You are dealing with a flesh and blood dwarf. And we will then turn over to Daggett and Terra. Uh, I'm just gonna take a jab with my spear. Okay. And don't forget, we've got four allies you can potentially use here to to help in whatever way that's fine you can shout out that you're saying you're using them in some fashion uh we use them even I'm though they're engaged oh no, i'm sorry uh, you're right that was the rule that was the rule if they're free you're right thank you steven um so that's only, only a success for me with a gandhi and a six okay uh give me Yay. the total damage I'm sorry. I'm like really nervous and I don't have my shit. Shouldn't be nervous uh, yet. Not too late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my uh, damage on my great spear is five. And my strength is six. So 11 total damage. 11. Is that right? Okay. I think you get yeah. a plus one on the heavy blow for the spear. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Double 12, 12 damage. You come, you come charging in, you swing down. You definitely feel that the blade doesn't fully catch until you're about halfway through the body. And at that point you do, and you see the face of this wraith, this, this, it, it looks like a, like a spectral skeleton, just contort and like this utter pain, uh, eyeless, just these black sockets, no teeth, its face just kind of contorts and twists in an unnatural fashion. But it does not disappear. Uh, okay. Dag it. Your turn. All right. I am taking an audience die. And Got I am it. swinging my Matic at this guy. Uh, that is a parry on him. Uh, this guy plus one. Uh, let me do math. Uh, yeah, I'm 24, so I'm good. Uh, that's three successes. Um, it's not enough to pierce, so I'm just going to do heavy blow. Uh, so mm -hmm. 7 plus 8 plus 8, uh, six, 21. Oh, 22. 23. 8 plus 8 plus 7 is 23. Yeah, I'm good at math. Okay. Uh, I got a new weapon. Describe how you take this wraith <laughs> out, Daggett. Describe your... Describe your I don't, kills the I am furious that it was even in my way. I wanted to go for golfing. So without even stopping, I'm just swinging the pick end of it uh, yeah. right through and just continuing forward. Amazing. Okay. You take it down. It kind of bursts into this, uh, this dust, and you move right through it. You can feel it kind of linger against the skin as you try to take a step 
forward towards Golfane in the process. Uh, a renial open stance. You're charging in. Yeah, so like I'm going to take one uh, one audience dice, uh, and I'm going to attack with Manozigar. Okay. And this is uh, a bane creature that I'm attacking. Yes. This is a bane. Is undead. Yes, absolutely. It would trigger. Uh, so so fun. Um, not a one, but uh, sorry. So yeah. Oh guys, I'm sorry. What was um, about to happen to you guys? I'm really sorry. 5, 10, 14, 20, 21. So 21 is the total uh, with the, sorry, because uh, there's uh, one extra six. Okay. Okay. Um, 21 total damage? I'm sorry. Or 21 uh, that, that, that was the, the hit. Was okay. Five, oh, yeah, 10, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, what's the total damage? Uh, so total damage, so I've got an extra, so it's going to be plus one of the damage rating for superior Grievous, um, plus, so five, six, plus so 13. Okay. Uh, yours catches immediately. Like, your your sort of the spirit seems to cut through this thing. There's never any doubt. However, once you pull it free, you see a bit of that kind of dust, similar to what happened with Daggett, tear free, but it doesn't completely diminish uh, as it is still hovering in your face, face contorting and ready to launch itself back at you. Gilly, you're up. Uh, Elohir and Gilly are going to attack the one that was attacking Arunial. Okay. Um, Go right ahead. And I get one from Elohir. So it hits because they're plus one, right? Yeah, plus one to their parry. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so that hits. Um, so it would just eight damage. Eight damage. Gilly, as you fire an arrow through it, Arinal, you're pulling Minozagar out. It's still standing, and you hear it kind of, kind of hiss at you. <laughs> but right as it does, its mouth opens, an arrow flies through it. And you see its head just burst into a thousand tiny par- particles and it falls and dissipates as there are now two that have been defeated. Okay. My turn. Uh, you can see I'm Ruh-roh. tortured by this. You, you can see, you can see I'm a little tortured by this. Uh, he says he's smiling. Okay. <laughs> You've it's one of those bad, like, bad tortured face. I feel, <laughs> I feel really bad. Uh, with what I'm about to do to you guys. I can't wait. <laughs> I'll start with you then. Good attitude. Interestingly enough, Golfain has a fell ability called Hatred, and specifically of dwarves, uh, which is interesting considering he is a dwarf. And when fighting dwarves, all the creatures' roles are favored. So his attacks against Euphalae are going to be favored. Um, okay. I am going to spend a hate. Actually, no, I don't need to do that because I already have hatred of doors. I don't need to do this against you. I can just swing. <laughs> so for his first action, uh, he is going to swing uh, down at Floy. Floy, you're in forward stance. 
So I'm going to take all of those. And he's favored. So he is... And he looks up at you, and there's just burning hatred in his eyes. You can even just see like the flickering of that green flames that are kind of dancing around here and there. He doesn't even really seem to care about the fact that there are these undead that are being taken down near him. He has no interest in it. And he looks at you and he says, Wallstroke, <laughs> you have led your friends to slaughter. Perhaps I will kill you before I kill them. And he swings. That's a 30 to hit. Uh, he, he hit twice at the point. He's gonna hit with a three. <laughs> uh, the better D12 is a nine. Uh, so I'm gonna take that. Uh, I'm gonna say go ahead and roll. Um, do I have? No, I don't. Yeah, uh, I'll spend a six for an injury uh, to to try to to try to kick the nine up. And so uh, you're gonna take six points of damage. Uh, but I would like you to roll a protection roll. As he is, thrill. This looks familiar. Yes, you've ruined it. <laughs> 29. You rolled a nine? 29. 29. Okay. So you are you do manage with the Mithra. His 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 axe gets gets past your defenses, and he sinks the blade. Uh, into your side. You can feel the mithril kind of give and you can feel the pressure of the swing come down into your thigh, but it doesn't actually break through. But you feel it nonetheless. And it's, it's almost like a, like almost like you just got hit with a, with a mace as opposed to a bladed weapon. He wrenches it free and he is frustrated. And it's then, I'm sorry guys, with his second action, uh, he will, from his side, uh, instead of swinging a second time, he is going to take out what looks like a horn. He will blow that horn. And he will shout, as Gilly, you hear the sounds of crunching to your right. You hear Elro, Elro here say, something comes. And Golfane screams out. He says, Guess that? Destroy them. And crawling through the outdoor rubble, Gilly, you watch as a massive cold drake with its gigantic claws, its huge mouth, these quill and spikes all up and down its spine comes crawling through. You see it reach back. <laughs> and you see this gas, this green partial flame, partial mist comes erupting out from it. And I'm going to need only from Gilly and also from the NPCs, which I will roll uh, a, 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 a test. I need you to roll a protection test, Gilly. 
let me know what you roll. And then I'm going to roll oh it for the other four. It's finally oh here. <laughs> we have a mix okay. of excitement. Elrohir is okay, guys. Elrohir is okay. <laughs> Elodin is also okay. They have to make it to the book. Not necessarily. This is... Ooh, that's no good. That's no good. How'd you do? 18. Okay. Gilly, you are enveloped by this green mist, this poisonous fumes. It's like the most potent, concentrated bit of like sulfuric acid and, and, and air that just wafts over to you, burning both in terms of heat and in terms of acidity. And you take, Gilly, you're going to take uh, 10 points of endurance damage as it begins to burn through your skin and through your armor. Um, you watch to your side as something very similar happens to Elrodeer. Yeah, Elrodeer, but he is able to kind of tuck down and some of his hair gets singed, a bit of his clothing, but he is nonetheless okay. However, all of you, as as you kind of come, as you kind of turn around, you hear the sounds of the rump, of the rubble. You hear the sounds of of this dragon, this Drake, excuse me, as it roars, and the whole room shakes. And Daggett, you are barely, you are just barely out of range of this mist. But once it falls, everybody watches in horror as Curador and Eredin effectively disintegrate before your eyes as you watch their hair, their skin, their clothing. They look shocked and surprised. They are amazed, like, <gasps> and they fall to the ground, this charred husk of what they once were. No. And you are left now, Gilly. Part of your hair has been singed. Part of your clothes have been singed. Elry here stands up. There is a drake in your face, Gilly. Gulfane, bleeding from his mouth a little bit, Floy, leans in towards you. Goodbye, cousin. And that's where we're going to end for tonight. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Just do another hour. Just another hour. Just one more. I kind of want more. to, but then I'm like, I'm probably going to kill you guys in like a round. And then, you know, and it's like. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, gosh. Hey, listen, you guys did take out those two wraiths. So, like, you've got that. <laughs> you really even trades. Cool. Oh, we made it here. Okay. Then, I haven't uh, hit anyone in the fellowship so far, so I think that's a way. did die. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> on the better one than hand, our last outing. On the one hand, by not bringing the Oathbreakers and the dwarves that actually are carrying his weapon, you've slightly nerfed him. But on the other hand, you don't have that many resources to deal with him and a drake. Uh, so I'm a little worried for you guys. <laughs> like, I, like when you guys were like, negotiating, I'm just like trying to figure out who to send. I'm like, okay. Uh, okay, okay. We didn't go yeah. the meat shield route. We went the. That's. I love it. The rays yeah. aren't that big a deal. Uh, they're kind of just there as a shield, but uh, but yeah. I, but uh, the Drake. Imagine if we had more 
allies. It's like half of them would have melted there. Uh, yeah. yeah, that yeah. was pretty, pretty bad. Like I wasn't going to bring it in just yet, but you guys rolled enough Saurons to trigger, uh, one of the, uh, one of the, the, what's it called? The eyes things. So I'm like, all right, I'm bringing it in Dude, first round. I was going to so wait rage. for like My two or three days. Let me down tonight. <laughs> the one be better days. The ending. They, sorry. Will, they have to be better days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried for you guys. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm excited. This is fun. Yeah, me too. (laughs) If we're gonna die, we should die to a drink. I'm fine. Yeah, really. Like a dwarf ghost and like golfing and a drink. Like that's a pretty pretty good uh, scenario to (sighs) die in. (laughs) I'm looking at the stats for this thing. You guys are so fucked. Oh, oh my gosh. But Gilly got on Titus's shoulders and gave a speech, and it was great. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it was cool to give you guys the hope. How we I'm know like, she's going to be the first one to die. <laughs> Can we summon Movie the hope rolls. dragon? Power <laughs> 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 of fellows. Get a luck dragon. Go. <laughs> Gotta get Falcor up in this, this, this shit. Okay. Uh, so you've got... Oh, this one actually also has a name and everything that he he's named it. Um, I saw yeah. that. Gisette the Coldrick. Gisette. Excuse oh, me. All right. Uh, so, guys, next time, for better or worse, is going to be the finale. Uh, so clear off your Saturday afternoon uh, as we are, if we're going long, we're going long. We are finishing next Saturday. It might We might be over in like 25 minutes, to be honest. Uh, we'll do intros, <laughs> do another I round of combat. I need time to be depressed afterwards. <laughs> I, I killed. I just killed Curador and I killed Aradin. That's a shame. I know. I mean, That's we're gonna be sad either way. Like whether we all die imagine or if Gilly would have failed that role. Anyway. Though. So that's the thing. If Gilly oh. would have failed that role. It would have been Gilly that got obliterated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As, as, that's what that's... it is. Otherwise, so like, so the, the, the stuff comes from um, like I think it's first edition. So it's like the first edition conversion stuff. So like um. So there's like a conversion PDF around, so I pull some stuff from. So um, there's a, so there's a protection roll, and if you fail, you're <laughs> you're utterly destroyed. And if you succeed, you still take damage, um, but you are not at least utterly destroyed. Yeah. So that's good. It's good. It's good to avoid utter destruction. I agree with that. Yes. All right. Yes, that's, that's a good rule for is. life. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, finale of The Waking of Angmar. Angmar is very much awake right now. You guys have walked right into its bedroom and uh, and poked it in the eyes while it was sleeping. And uh, we're going to see how this all ends as I am. Uh, I am I'm kind of curious how it's going to end now as it looks pretty dire uh, as you have two, two, two serious foes. Uh, we're also going to, thanks to our friends at uh, our good friends, North Foundry, are going to help us celebrate it. We're going to give away uh, a couple gift certificates for them uh, if you, uh, sure. you want to get some dice. So come hang out. I think uh, I think Eric said 175 or 75 and 50. I'll, I'll, I'll clarify with it. Uh, but we got some we got some gift cards, uh, gift tickets coming out for those of you uh, who would like to get some dice in honor of uh, the fellowship falling to pieces. Um, why don't we do? Let's see. Let's do a couple closing plugs. My tray. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I, well, I'm not trying to stay alive here. <laughs> I'm uh, multiplayer games on YouTube where I make uh, system agnostic content about tabletops. And uh, you can check that out if you want to see a less nervous version of this. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, then 
Okay, I think it's just, and then it's just everything else. Okay, so next up, what do we have? Uh, Monday, Fragged Empire. We're starting it up. Uh, you can see uh, Melissa and Maitre in that game. Is Maitre's going to be joining us on Mondays for a little while now? I was very excited. Uh, space sci-fi indie game out of Australia. Uh, really looking forward to giving that a start. We got our characters made. We got some cool artwork done of them. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to get it going. Uh, Steven, what do we got on Tuesday, man? Tuesday, we are playing Marvel Multiverse. Uh, Jeff and Melissa are in there, along with Kipster and Aaron. Uh, we already had a session one that is up on the YouTube. You can go watch it. But this next session is really where we're kicking off the campaign. We're introducing custom characters. Uh, we're going to have a little breakfast club going on. It should be a lot of fun. It should be. should be. Uh, Thursday, we've got Werewolf uh, as we finished our first little story arc. Now we're on to the second story arc of our Chronicle. Uh, Melissa and I are in that one. A few other folks. Aaron's in it. Kipser's in it. Uh, so come check that out. And then next Friday, Delta Green. Uh, as we're considering our What Lies We Tell. And uh, next Saturday is the, at long last, the finale of, uh, of One Ring. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, the, <laughs> they're going to need your help. <laughs> Show up. They're going to need your help. This is, this is pretty rough. Uh, thank you to everyone going out tonight. Thank you to those of you who started a hype train earlier, threw out some bits, got us going. Um, I, I really do appreciate it. I can't believe it's almost over. We got one more to go. We're going to go ahead and raid our buddies over at Boys from the Baltic Star. They are playing something, a game of some kind. That's probably a tabletop role-playing <laughs> game. So let's go ahead and see what they're doing. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. <laughs>